Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2014 and beyond. With me always is James. And I'm Ryan because I'd introduce myself. And Brad's always been missing in action lately. Fuck Brad. Well, he's got family Fuck him. in town. No. He's Fuck got... him, James. No. Fuck him. Hold on, I'm trying to make excuses. Fuck Brad. I All got right. I got two people to take his place, so fuck okay. you, Brad. Fuck you and your stupid no, fucking... No, but it takes, it takes two people to take his place. Yeah. I know. I was, I was trying to say fuck so many times to see if uh, how many fucking times I can fucking say it. Maybe this week I'll try to, like, I'll learn how to bleep the show. That would be really cool. <laughs> That'd anyway. be really boring. Anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I can never let my mom listen to this show. <laughs> Hear that sweet, man. sweet, hot chocolate voice? That's our main man, Bree. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? Thanks for having me back. Man. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, now you know how I feel. It. My mom never listens to this show. Okay. No, after I made a reference of a glory hole, his mom just is like, I am done with this show. Yeah. There's this nice middle-aged woman at work who... Uh, um, Think I'm funny that I did the show, yeah. and she was she was like, "Oh, I gotta listen to it." And at, at, at lunch, I walked by her desk, and she was starting to download it. And she stopped me, and she goes, "Hold on a second, now I'm I'm a little bit sensitive to some stuff." And I was like, uh, "Yeah, you you shouldn't listen to the show." And the funny thing is, is James has a worse mouth than me. It's just the little things that people pick out right. about me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I will say fuck more than you, but you were always the one who introduced like bestiality or glory holes or shit like that into the show <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah i'm just saying um, i'm just saying it's two different kinds well, of course well the thing though is if you know those uh those code words then you know you're pretty perverted yourself i mean you, i don't <laughs> think the average person should even really know glory Exa- holes should be in their vocabulary Exa- exactly and too, it's all it's all about having I fun watch, i watch it's always sunny in philadelphia like yeah it was sunny know. there's a, a shadow of a dick so it's, it's true <laughs> i mean come on i saw this is the end where mm. i watched a the demon rape a person. Yeah. You know, if oh, I've seen some real. shit. If, if I show anybody. You, you don't know me, Bree. I've seen some shit in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least, at least the, the shirt doesn't show me on there, so I, I get, <laughs> I, I'm all null and void, you know. <laughs> I do have to say, um, before we get to our special guest, yeah. um, Bree, your uh, Christmas card cracked us up. Yeah. It's a, it's, if for people listening at home, it's a picture of Bree. With Dan Myrick, director of Blair Witch, and Jeffrey Reddick, the writer and creator of Final Destination, <laughs> and Bree, but that's not the funny part about it, in that he photoshopped Miley Cyrus <laughs> in the background <laughs> and sent that as a Christmas card. I love so it. Awesome. <laughs> it is. Oh, it's so good, dude. So we're lucky we get Christmas cards from our listeners. Right. Thanks, Bree. Thanks yeah, for coming back really on. Cool. Yep, thanks and, and making his triumphant return, the one, the only, Mr. Zach Eastman. Well, I don't know how I got here. <laughs> I was just unblindfolded. Brought downstairs mm-hmm. and just told to sit in this chair. Yeah, you're well, never going to leave this basement. Yeah, no. Why did, why did you guys take me away from L.A.? I was enjoying like all the hot honeys there. You know, and I was, getting I, raped. Yeah, I was anally raped Whoa. at one point. It, it, look, it's something we're not going to talk about until you know later you on. So, in the you got show. so comfortable with it, it's not even needed lube see, anymore. See, no, see? it's it's, it's kind of like a hole. It just kind of whistles out of the back. So, <laughs> I, see, I I can swear all, all I want. Like I, I never brought that up. Um, if I don't say fuck more than twice then it's pg-13 still buddy (laughs) if i don't say fuck more than 500 times in a day i get sent back to the fifth dimension so i have to say fuck 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 uh here's a funny fucking story about fuck (laughs) so i i texted my my father actually guessed that my wife was pregnant before because before you told him before i told him because my wife used to be an alcoholic and so she would (laughs) (laughs) 
So anytime we'd go out, she would sit down and she's like, give me five beers and don't stop bringing them until I pass out. Right. And she's a man to get the bar. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you didn't know her until like later in college. You've seen her. Seen <laughs> oh, dude, I have seen her so sloppy drunk. It's not even funny. Is it like the end credits of the hangover? Like last night, last night. <laughs> no, it's, I'll tell you a story before I get into the, so we're meeting my father for uh, his birthday or father's day. I don't remember which one, but we were meeting at Buffalo Wild Wings. It must've been his birthday. Because she wanted to stop by Applejack and get my dad like a special beer for his birthday. So after we get Applejack, my wife is hungover really bad. And she's like, oh, my God. Sorry. Give me one second. And she ran behind the building and puked. And she's like, okay, I'm ready to go. And then she started drinking again. So... (laughs) I I made that up. Uh, she's here, <laughs> she's here right now. T- hats off to you. I can't handle myself that way. <laughs> but uh, anyway, she. Uh, I'm surprised she hasn't hit you yet. Uh, she sat down and she ordered a soda water. And my dad says, "Hey, what the fuck is up with that?" And uh, then my dad put it together that she was pregnant. So, anyways, we're at lunch, uh, dinner with our my mom and her mom and her stepfather. And I text everybody else in my family. I included my stepmother with it. Mm-hmm. And um, my brother Steve sent something something said awesomeness or something like that and my brother alex said hey that's uh that's a new word and how do you spell it and so steve sent f-u-c-k-u and he sent it and my stepmother was in on this and it only came up because there's a group text that yeah. her, my stepbrother alex is her son so his name came up first in alphabetical order mm-hmm. and so on her phone it just said alex and it said fuck you <laughs> <laughs> and so then my dad called and screamed at me about how every other word we use is the f- the, is fuck and he's like and you need to fucking knock that off <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dad. you have the best family ever. <laughs> yeah, right? it wasn't until like much right like recently in later years my parents have been going like D- D- dude like we don't fucking care what you do zach what, you, you want to get so good walk out down the street you can do it <laughs> <laughs> we're done telling you what to do yeah. he'll talk to them on the phone and they'll just be like zach did you fucking like do uh, did you like get your w w fucking fours and i'm like what's that coming out of like, i'm sorry i've just had a bad fucking day that's <laughs> like, great great fair enough that's great i don't know why the hostility is coming towards me <laughs> it's always a, the, the ironic part is is my father told well he was he was telling me to tell my older brother to quit saying fuck but my dad's always says fuck so it's it, you just you know your father tells you like, okay, okay dad <laughs> sure. it's like your dad telling you like don't smoke pot yeah Anyway, son, don't do it. Um, <laughs> but if you're wondering what these what us jackass clowns do every week, every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week we saw Jack Reacher. Wait, I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. I was gonna be like, no, that is not the movie we saw, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, starring uh, Chris Pine. He has a sexy voice. He does. He does. It's always like that. I can't even do it, but yeah. it's pretty sexy. But according to Stephen Tobolowsky, he's like one of the nicest people. He's he seems like met. a nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, he's I'm, Captain Kirk. Come on. That's yeah. awesome. I'm pretty yeah. sure he wouldn't throw a beer bottle at me. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing not. <laughs> no, he just Something about his smile. You just look at him and be like, that guy's a nice guy. Yeah. yeah he's a good guy. I, I take a hug from him. He's got yeah. a warm smile. You can oh, trust hug it. nothing. <laughs> give it a hug. You know, I would give him a hug. Dude, I, and he I would, would like, and he's such a nice guy. He'd accept it. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he give him a, a hug. Guy, he would accept a and, hug from even me. Right after he'd, turning over his shoulder and going security. Yeah, no, he'd give him a hug, and then he'd slowly push him away and say, "Live long and prosper." <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, "That's not your character. Why would you say that?" And he would go, and, "Shut up, James." And, and, and then when James was all befuddled, he'd be gone. He'd say, "Oh, he got me." <laughs> <laughs> so Chris uh, was just gone. at the end of the show, we will review that movie after we play the trailer. We'll tell you if you should see it or not. We're also going to talk about comics. James has a comic for us this week. I do. And uh, movies we saw, box office numbers, real news. Um, what am I forgetting? 
I think that's everything. We yeah. just talk about movies and movie having stuff. fun. Movie yeah. stuff. We're a movie podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. We usually start with fan mail, but we don't have any fan mail. I don't think so. I don't think so. Everybody was burnt out because they sent us in for a film explosion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we got a bunch of I will say a, a couple things. Make sure if you are in the Denver area, February 28th through March 2nd, go to Anime Land Wasabi, which is at the Crown Plaza DIA. We will be there. Um, I just talked to the lady there, and we will have press credentials. And I'm hoping I can get Liam McIntyre on the show. If you don't know who Liam McIntyre is, he is Spartacus on Star Spartacus. Mm, that's awesome. And I love Spartacus, so I'm going to say, dude, tell me by Jupiter's cock. That's all. I, dude, I gotta get, I'm got to get. i going to bring my iPhone up to him. I says, by Jupiter's cock, you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. That would be so freaking awesome. That would be pretty cool. If, if, awesome. you, if you do it, like I'll just like immediately start donating like $500 as much as Sweet. possible to the show. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> That's all we needed to do to make money? Oh, man. Yeah, dude. By, uh, dude, I love sports. We've been like, <laughs> diligently yeah, working for two and a half years to make a good show. <laughs> and then all we needed to do was get a famous dude to say something with a bad word in it. And we're set. Dude, I, I live for bad words. <laughs> you know, I keep forgetting to tell Brad. Uh, he promised to put up our Jonathan Tiersen interviews yeah. really soon. But we have a little soundbite from Jonathan. It says, this is Jonathan Tiersen. Oh, yeah, You're listening right. to Real Nerds Podcast. Shoot, yeah. We does, he do the, does, he do, does he try to imitate Angela right afterward? No. He's, he's <laughs> um, I but, saw that photo you posted of him. Yeah. The, is it a spoiler? Or? No, 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 no. It's, it's a online. picture of him in short shorts. And yeah. I... I, I wanted to post a comment, but I was just like, I can't do it because I don't want to make a joke. This is literally the best image I've seen all day. So I'm like, how did you get Ricky to put on oh, short dude. shorts? Uh, well, dude, uh, you know what? Since it's, uh, I guess we'll preface that by saying open screen night, January 28th yeah. at the Oriental Theater. Me and Jonathan Tiersen are going to be hosting open screen night. Yes. So uh, it should be lots of fun. Um, one of my favorite things that's come from this podcast is becoming friends with Jonathan Tiersten. He's a funny guy yeah. and always so nice. Um, we went up to his house to film his part in this. So, yes, also, he will be in episode five. Oh, cool. Um, I'm not going to tell you the name of the episode. <laughs> um, you'll have to wait till after the teaser. But it's really funny, and he's such a sport. Uh, the story came from me, but James wrote the screenplay for it and um, because James is a writer. And I had the idea. I'm like, James, these are the beats I want to happen. Write it and write it good. And uh, James did. He hit me a couple times. You're like Spielberg to David Kep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's an interesting thing because um, Jonathan Tiersten is a professional actor. Mm. And I have worked with people who are, who've been actors but not professional. And when you are in scenes with him, there is moments that you just kind of get lost because he, I mean, it sounds really ridiculous, but he's so good. Uh, James knows. Oh, yeah. He came to the door and uh, he did this one scene with James where he's supposed to be intimidating and gay at the same time. <laughs> and not only does he pull it off, but there's a moment where you believe that he's going to like hurt you. Oh, yeah. No, it was really weird to have him open that door and like start yelling at me. And I was like, oh, shit. I don't like this anymore. It's not fun. I want to go home. And he's so good. I'm not going to spoil what he did for us, but there is a moment in it. We wrote a scene... Um, where me and him have this little um, confront I don't know if it's a confrontation. I guess a yeah. uh, dialogue. And he improvised something on the spot when I said, hey, Jonathan, you do this. Do this now. And he says, all right. And he he did it, and it is terrifying. Yeah. Um, his really, his intensity. Really cool. And uh, not only is he a really nice guy, we went to his house. He did all of this out of the kindness of his heart. He didn't get paid at all. He, he pretty much kicked his family out of the house his, for the day. Kicked his family out of the house for the day. Um, we didn't have short shorts because the thing with Jonathan is he's so busy. And so I kept on saying, message, like, hey, what size pants do you wear so I can buy you pants so I can have you short shorts like Ricky and Sleepaway Camp? Mm -hmm. And he never got back. And so 
ironically, I was driving home from, I forget what movie we were seeing the night before, and uh, he called me in my car, and he says, uh, don't worry about it, dude, I got some uh, I got some pants up here that you can go, and he gave us like his diesel sh- pants. Yeah, they were yeah they were diesel or luckies or something yeah, like, like that, like some expensive some jeans. jeans to cut, and then when we cut him, he's like, those aren't short enough. Yeah, I want to look sexier, damn it! What, what you don't see too is he's actually wearing cowboy boots, which yeah. doesn't. Uh, it's in a couple shots, um, but it was lots of fun. Yeah. And I won't spoil and he, it. And he cooked for us. He cooked us. He dinner. cooked us lunch. lunch. And, like, lunch. and like this wonder, like you know, we we brought him like this, you know, beef tips or it was like it was like spare ribs. ribs, yeah, yeah, it was spare ribs. Um, and he like you know when he wasn't in scenes and we were filming other stuff, he goes outside and grills this stuff and makes it, you know, makes his own barbecue sauce, mixes his own barbecue sauce and serves this shit. It was so good. I I was just, it was I was blown away. This so is he, is cool. he from here? He's, he lives in uh, Fort Collins. Oh, okay. He wow. is, he's not from here. He's actually from New York. He okay. went to NYU. Okay. Um, he was in Sleepaway Camp was his first movie. He did really good in that, and he got some exposure. He was in an after-school special that won a Dame Time Emmy. Mm-hmm. And then he became really uh, disenfranchised with becoming yeah. becoming famous because he was starting yeah. to get a little famous. Right. And so he pulled himself away, and he focused on music for 20 years and he did five albums and they're all really good if you like kind of folky van morrison kind of music yeah i do actually definitely definitely pick it up his stuff up um and if you go to open screen night he will have a table there i think he charges like five dollars for his cds and he has five of them or something and he'll sign them um so i'll I'll buy them so yeah pick him up and he'll be there signing autographs um he'll be i he'll be up there hosting with me i don't I don't know what we're going to do. We'll probably figure <laughs> something out. Um, what he doesn't know is I'm going to come to open screen night dressed as Angela. Sweet. <laughs> you know he'll, he'll love it because he's... That would be awesome. What, what's cool about uh, JT is he's such a nice guy. He's really open and he doesn't... Um, and he's really honest. He has actually two of my favorite interviews we've ever done because I could ask him any question and he wouldn't bullshit it. He'd say, no, we had problems on the set. It was horrible. Right. Um I remember, and uh, so then he, anyways, when he got done with the five albums, he got back into acting kind of by accident for this movie called The Perfect House, which is a horror anthology, mm-hmm. and he did that, and now he's kind of developing a few more projects, and he's finishing work on his sixth album, I believe it is, or seventh, um, so he's doing a lot, Yeah, and his wife is super nice, his kid is really cute. Oh, he's adorable. Um, and that they opened up their house is great. Um, yeah, it was really cool. So, it was a fun day. January twenty eighth, open screen night. I think the tickets are five bucks at the door. Yeah, five bucks. I think we're bring- Spencer and I talked because I, I just got back into town. I think we're bringing the boys stairs over there. Nice. Awesome. So like, it, I can't wait to. I would. I want to. You know, I just want to shake his hand. Like, I, hell yeah. I, it, that guy just seems awesome, and just by the way you've talked about him, obviously, especially with the uh, Alamo Draft House screening back in I think oh, it was yeah. August, it was, right? It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, he just seems like an incredibly good guy, and he's I, he he's is. a good actor. I. I don't know if I've seen his after school special, but I think I know which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you can you look for it on YouTube. It's you can find it there. Um but yeah, so make sure you come out and say hi to Jonathan. He'll be more than happy to. And we actually I actually have memorabilia from our shoot that is signed by him <laughs> that I don't know how I'm gonna give it away, but it's really cool. Um Yeah. I'll spoil this one. So it's a picture that James made of Jonathan. I, I don't know where you got hit this picture from, but he's like looking very stoically, like to the side. Yeah. And uh, James found a picture of Robert Downey Jr. with his arm like this, so <laughs> it's like he has his arm around Jonathan, 
and Jonathan signed it. And so we have that to give away there too. I don't know how I'm going to give it away. Um, I'm sure we'll figure something out. Yeah. it's. But uh, you have to go to open screen night to get a chance to win the signed picture of Robert Downey Jr. and Jonathan Tiersten. I'll, I'll be honest. Awesome. It's one of my favorite things I've ever created. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's I love that picture. Good. And I made it, I made Jonathan slightly taller than Robert Downey Jr. Like I just raised him up just a little bit. So I, I, cause he, he looks like he doesn't give a shit about Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, That's it's what's really, really great about the and, and, and what was great too is when, uh, JT saw the picture. He's like, oh my gosh, can I keep it? And so he kept one that he has in his house. There's only two in the world. There's two in the world. And then he, he signed the other one for us. That's so awesome. it's, yeah. it's lots of fun. So make sure you go to open screen night, January 28th. And if you bring the boy who stares, that's another reason to come because it's a great film. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's not like that Twombly piece of crap. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually, I heard the thing. name Twombly in another... In her. Um, yeah. In, is it, is yeah it that's her. the last name of Joaquin is Phoenix's it? character. Yep. And my and our friend Matt Willix, uh, he's a great horror director out in um, uh, Aurora, he texted me. He's just like, did you know that Spike Jones stole your name? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> he's, he stole the name Zach Eastman? No, no, <laughs> Twombly. <laughs> that's um, awesome. Oh, dude, uh, speaking of Twombly, um, I want to thank you guys for episode uh, four oh. those trappers of the pod show because uh, Maddie saw that and he he called me right afterwards and he's just like why aren't you acting more <laughs> and I'm like what are you talking about the only line that like made any difference in my mind was now where are your dogs because I want to have sex with <laughs> no, them that's a, that's, a, that's a good moment in I it. love it it just it, made, it didn't make my friend in LA laugh but I was just like eh, whatever you're, you're LA cultured whatever yeah, it's, LA it's, it's definitely an acquired taste that episode yeah um, I've had many people say our second episode's our best one I I, I like it. Extraterrestrial. That, I did a. I think I did a German accent in that one. You did. Yeah. Grab him. Get to the van. Get to the van. Greek. What's What's your favorite episode we've done so far, Zach? Um, I like the third one because I like how James is <laughs> just like trying to get the girl in the show. <laughs> I, it was just. It was like I don't want to use the word adorable, but it's adorable. What else do you like about it, Zach? You're, you're adorable. I love Ryan's orange Thank you. hat. Thank <laughs> you. Burger, but it's not spelled right. Because <laughs> uh, it's burger, but Gordon Ramsay. So ah, there, there we go. go. Because um, Gordon Ramsay didn't know how to spell. <laughs> yes, that's it. Um, he spells his R's backwards. <laughs> it, it's really funny though. Uh, my my coworker Jimmy show his son all our our censored Is versions. This ninja kid. Yes, it's Ninja Kid. He showed us all uh, his, his censored one, and he, his son loves when I do my fingo. I'm like, yeah, yeah, maybe, that was funny. Is it? I think that's yeah, maybe that, one of my worst deliveries funny. I've ever done on camera. It's, it's, it's really, just really terrible. Real. And that that was funny. I, that was I funny. thought that was pretty freaking funny. All right, <laughs> as long as other people do, I don't give a yeah. shit. First episode also is pretty good. I it think is. all of them are very very solid. And I, what I love about it is, is that I. I I know you guys very well as like podcasters and stuff, but I love how you guys are good. You guys are really good actors for like for like not oh, having thanks. done it before. Like you know, like or at least I don't know if I don't know if you. I've I've, I've been in I was in theater. A you lot. don't have to qualify it. We're just really good actors. Yeah, you. It's are. not it's not about having not done it before. We just are solid. We're just really good. No, yeah, you are Daniel Day Lewis, and you are. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, you're, you're you. Far, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I was gonna go with Chris Pratt, but okay. Hey, all right, I'll take Chris Pratt. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, this week's show is brought to us by the wonderful people at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics at 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard. If you're looking for a back issue, make sure you get it there. It's they're all 50 percent off, and they also will find stuff for you. I'm even gonna talk to Andrew about getting that Gwen Stacy statue. Um, you know, because I always wanted to ask him because I get previews and there's some really sweet action figures in there, but I don't know where else to get them. So maybe I should mm. ask him. He could probably order them for me. Maybe, yeah. Um, I'm sure he'll find a way. Yeah, it, it, they always find a way. Colorado Prince Cards of Comics, they will hook you I, up. I'm so pissed right now because uh, 
Mile High Comics. I, I really want to get Chuck Rosinski on our show, mm-hmm. but uh, some of their stuff they mark up so much, and I really want the Amazing Spider-Man one twenty. It's the issue before Gwen Stacy dies, mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to find. It's the Hulk versus Spider-Man. The cover is awesome, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know why it's such a hard issue to find. Obviously, because it's before a major event. Mm-hmm. But on Mile High, they just bought one from a collection from the East Coast, but he wants four hundred dollars for it. Whoa! And, and is, near it, mint. is it good? Is it oh, so? It's high graded. No, it's like. It, his is like very like fine, fine, but near yeah. mint uh, anywhere else is one hundred and forty dollars. So it's a you know a four hundred percent markup. Yeah, right? that seems a little well, steep and, for that issue. Because I mean, oh, I'm yeah. sure if you like, I've watched Comic Book Men a few times, and I've seen that issue like featured on the show, I believe. And it's but, yeah, not well, and, and Mile High. Mile High is one of those places that's designed for you to to like negotiate with them. Um, right. Like that's it's a, it's a place where yeah you would you would walk in and be like oh I'll give you a hundred dollars for it and then they'll they'll talk with you um, yeah I mean but but that's the thing they're starting it so high that it's hard to even talk to them yeah uh, but I did I was really lucky the the last auction they had there I'm not a big fan of the shocker but I love his Romita covers when Romita did shocker covers yeah and so there was two shocker comics in the auction that they're like hundred and fifty dollar comics I got each for ten bucks. <laughs> And I'd, I'd always do the dickhead move in the auction where people, there'd like be a Batman book on there. And like, eh, I got this for eight bucks. And he's like, going once, going twice. I go, boop, <laughs> put it up, make sure I got my Spidey. That's Fuck him. Smart, smart guy. <laughs> but actually, the coolest issue I have saw that uh, Andrew's gotten recently is Fantastic Four number one mm. is sitting in his wow. case. It's a sweet, I, I, I'm not a Fantastic Four fan, but the cover is amazing. Yeah, and it's one of those ones it's where, one of the, it's, it's one of the ones where, like, if... Let's say Stanley were coming to Denver Comic Con. Like mm-hmm. that's one of those issues you would you would almost want to spend extra money on so you could take it to him and have him sign it just because just because that mm-hmm. moment would be so special. Yeah, some people um, don't like it because it it does actually hurts the value of the comic. I don't give a shit. Yeah, but you know I have two issues of the Death of the Green Goblin. When I found Jerry Conway was at Mile High, I brought my lower grade one. I'm like, please sign this. Yeah, and be on my show. He said no. <laughs> actually he didn't tell me no he said come get me at the con and he was never at his table really yeah I don't, yeah, think, it, I don't think it necessarily hurts the value of the comic unless they personalize it like when I first went to Comic Con I got a Simpsons comic number one signed by Matt Groening but mm-hmm. he uh, he personalized it but he mis- he put a K at the end of my name and he's like is it a K and I'm like no it's not and I didn't want to be mean mm-hmm. and he's just like no no problem you just switched it up and like, I, I don't think it hurts the value of the comic if you like it personally but mm-hmm. if you're trying to sell it yeah, yeah. it does oh, well, yeah. I mean all my comics no, are worthless because I'll never sell them unless but, yeah. it is uh, yeah exactly yeah, uh, you're, you're better than me I just sold most of mine to start financing Walt Metagirl so mm. if I needed money I still wouldn't <laughs> uh, hey Ryan, thanks for your recommendation of that uh, Archie in the after. after oh yeah, no. Did worries. you find a copy of it? Yeah, I got, um, cool. Got a guy down the springs to hold a copy for me. Uh, Escape Velocity Comics, and he held a copy for me when picked it up, and awesome. I yeah, mean, it's a great book. Yeah. The Archie Zombie one. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I've been trying to find a copy. The, the art in it is amazing, yeah. and it's so dark. It's it's great. That's awesome that you found a number one, right? Because they're, I mean, the value hasn't gone up though. I've been checking it on Comic Price Guide; it hasn't gone up. But I know it's really scarce. Yeah. Mm. Um, Mile High has a great variant of it though, where like Jughead Zombie is walking to a comic store and it has Mile High's logo in it. Oh, cool! It's pretty cool. That's sweet. Um, but anyways, uh, what do we want to start with, James? Uh, let's get the little things out of the way. Cool. So uh, James's wiener is the first thing we're going to talk about. Oh, <laughs> oh you're the worst. Uh, I give a <laughs> is it? <laughs> James, I'm a, in my own house. Yeah, <laughs> you set it up with my parents upstairs. Uh, this is the whole reason yeah. I set it up my to come here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thanks, guys. I'm sorry. 
Well, you know, go ask your mom how big your wiener is. She'll tell you the big <laughs> one. I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> that was wildly inappropriate. It was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great. Did you want to move on the show? Welcome to the show. Do you, uh, hey, do you, hey, Ryan, Ryan, do you remember what the number one thing at the box office was last week? I do remember what the number one thing at the box office was last week. This is the box office stats. The number one movie at the box office last week was Lone Survivor. Yeah. $38 million. Makes sense. 37.8, but nice job. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Legend of Hercules at number three. Eight million. Nine. Yeah, almost nine. Almost yeah. nine. 8.8. Yeah, but nobody gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a really bad, sometimes we, we were shooting a scene for uh, Pacho up uh, ser- uh, season two, and there's this part where I have to just tell um, Cougar where he can go do something and we're talking about east colfax and i my oh my god i went on hilarious. these weird horrible things just like i did the with james right now. there's dog oh i can't i can't but, even do it and, uh, oh i love that joke i love that joke so much there, I, I this one there's a dog that barks for no reason I, I yeah on colfax yeah there's, on just colfax. Dog, there's just dogs that bark for no yeah. reason it's chaos over there <laughs> and that there's snow and come and if you slide down it'd be a oh my gosh slide. Oh, it's so <laughs> gross it was the worst thing. How did Cougar react to it? Uh, he did pretty well, uh, but I broke him a lot. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. broke him a lot. It's not hard to break him. <laughs> it just kept on going, and it's uh, so I, I got to tell Brad that when he cuts, he's just gonna have to be one of those cuts where it's when I say something, it'll be a cut. Say something, a cut. Like I have so many things. Uh, he, yeah, yeah. he, he was, I mean, he was very serious on the boys' stairs, but mm-hmm. off. Like when we weren't, when he wasn't acting or wasn't in a scene, like it's very easy to make him laugh. He's very, he's a very nice. Yeah, guy. he's a nice guy. He's a giggly guy. I he like is. him a lot. We had fun. We won't spoil what he did for us, though. Yeah. Um. Cool. So next is Blu-rays. Blu-rays. Sure. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Okay. So according to the Digital Bits, the number one Blu-ray of next week is a 4K version of RoboCop. Nice. I don't believe them. <laughs> I don't believe that that many people are buying a maybe 4K through Digital release. Bits. It is. Maybe. Nerds are. I, yeah, nerds yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Maybe nerds. that's <laughs> why. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, the real big release is Captain Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Captain Overrated? I picked that up. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, no, no, I, 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 I'm not a big Paul Greengrass fan, but I ended up watching it. I liked it. It was very yeah, really yeah. solid. Tom yeah. Hanks is great. <laughs> if we're going to critique anything, it's the fact that that is one of the worst Hans Zimmer scores in years. Well, he was um, working on Man of Steel, though. It's, it is his Man of Steel. Like, and that's what's bad about it. But um, Also, Blue Jasmine comes out this week, uh, which uh, I, I'm not... I've, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard that Kate Blanchett's amazing. Yeah, I heard yeah. too. See, here's my thing. You know, I, you know I will not watch a Roman Polanski movie. No, no, this is Woody Allen. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> but no, Woody, Woody Allen is kind of the same thing. Is it, yeah, so is yeah, it yeah. just based off of the whole... Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think it's a cool thing where you sodomize a 13-year-old girl and then you run away to Europe, and then when they finally going to uh, you know, extradite you, you cry like a little bitch and the Swedish government hide you. It's bullshit. I yeah. actually agree. Despite the fact that he's a solid filmmaker, I think yeah, Polanski is a little bit of a bitch. But Woody Allen doesn't... Uh, technically, what Woody Allen did is not... In the same realm as Polanski. Well, he also has. It's a, not cool. He also has a daughter that but. refuses to talk to him because she said she said he sexually abused her. So I have uh, Woody or yeah yeah. They, well, there's but, I mean, there's, there's different she, stories. Not, Mia Farrow. Not con- the, the difference is that Roman Polanski is like was convicted. But also, she's uh, changed her name because she's afraid of it. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, so, I, so, so I, so well, I, I think that he has a son too that won't speak to him either. Yeah. I think he's in like like politics or something. Here's the reason yeah. why I don't watch Woody Allen movies is because I don't think they're always very good. <laughs> um, You're a horrible But this one, I, I'm sort of, sort of interested in. I didn't like uh, Midnight in Paris. 
I think that's a. I don't think that's a very good movie. Um, yeah. Oh, oh shit. mic drop. <laughs> yeah. An audible um, mic drop. I, I I I disagree highly, but that's okay. your opinion. Now, I think what we can agree was not a very good movie was Machete Kills. Oh, oh yeah, um, that comes out on Blu-ray this week. It just seems so scattered. Like it was yeah. like oh, there's yeah. a lot of good ideas in there that are just like brought up to the climax and, it, and then nothing happened. and here's the thing if you're gonna make a movie that silly you have to embrace it you can't do right. it half-assed yeah I'm playing, Gibson's good in it though oh, yeah. I'm playing through Saints Row 4 right now um, I don't know if you guys know anything about Saints Row but yes. those games those games know how to do that kind of silly just crazy off the wall shit where like it know, the, the beginning of Saints Row 4 uh, you're the president of the United States or no at that point you're not the president yet this is what makes like you win the presidency by doing this but you're chasing down this dude who's got m- nuclear missiles you, you you kick the shit out of him but you don't uh, catch him in time for him to launch the nuclear missile so you run over you jump onto the nuclear missile and as it's launching into space you're climbing up the nuke uh, and pulling like shit off the nuke to make it break and as soon as the rocket launches they start playing Aerosmith's I don't want to miss a thing in the background like <laughs> the, the timing is just perfect you just and know that, you've landed like, gold that kind of self-aware right. like this shit is crazy that kind of stuff is, is and, and that's what you, I mean it's intelligent if you're going to do it, um, you have to go for broke. Yeah. yeah. You can't yeah, yeah, just yeah. do it half ass. I like the first machete. I think the yeah. first machete is entertaining. It's, I think it's mm-hmm. brilliant. Actually. But the, the uh, you know, machete kills is like, oh, we have all these crazy ideas, but we're not going to fully realize them. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, and I, I don't know if they're trying to wait for machete kills in space, but it's just, I, just I, I don't know. It. Like, it, it would have been better if they'd been like, machete three, machete in space, like, machete kills again in space. And that makes like, more sense. Like, too. just jump that sequel altogether. Like, that would have been really smart. Like, that's the way you really invest in the crazy on a movie like that well, and, and also, that makes people love the movie well like, and also I thought Tom Savini was wasted in that movie like I don't know like I thought that he I don't if they were gonna bring him back like don't 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 bring mm-hmm. him in for that like small role give him something bigger or just yeah. like except the fact that his character technically died in the first movie yeah, yeah. and they're just like oh we recovered him what no yeah. this no, is a grindhouse movie but yeah. even you can't bring back the dead <laughs> yeah no, I mean that's my biggest problem with it yeah I mean my wife hates MacGruber I think it's brilliant <laughs> I but, agree <laughs> but when you make a movie that stupid you have to go for broke you can't yeah. just say oh here's a stupid part and then we're going to show a really tired Danny Trejo trying to fight somebody oh, yeah he's yeah. like in his what oh, mid 70s early 80s yeah, no, like I think that? he's late 60s it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it just yeah. looks like he's yeah. I mean that's <laughs> not his fault but it's just no, no it's not I, I think that I think that if the energy on the set and the energy with that script were probably higher then it wouldn't come off that way mm-hmm. right. but it's it the movie f- is oh, stillborn in some ways like oh, it just I, yeah. I, I I would hesitate to say anything against Rodriguez but I just think that as time's gone on, he's. <laughs> I know you do. As time's gone on, he's just kind of like gotten lazy. I, yeah, I don't. He's, I don't know I if think he's, he's lazy track. just so much as I think he's lost touch with. Because I think he's still he's doing that one man crew, which is why a lot of the visual effects look as yeah. bad as they but do. But he can make cool movies when he puts yeah. other people in charge. Like Predators is badass. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But he's only the producer on it. He's giving his Troublemaker Studios to a, a talented filmmaker and they say okay make a movie and he does yeah he, right. he needs to, he needs to it's, refine that. The it feels like predators were way better than oh yeah machete kills it, it feels like planet terror destroyed him yeah and i like planet terror but i don't think he's done anything oh, i agree really solid since then I like i i would love for him to make a like not el mariachi but something along those lines where he's really having fun and doing something different again um i we will see what sin city does but I'll believe I, that if, movie when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, it's slated for this year, so I don't believe that's ever August happening. 8th. Yeah, I just don't believe it. Lots um, of things are slated. Oh no, change. that's Teenage Mutant <laughs> yeah. Ninja Turtles. I forget when. Yeah, but I mean, comes we out. read it October. last uh, on during the film oh, version. Yeah. It's on the list for this year. Yeah. but it's not going to happen. 
Um, and if it does that quick, I don't believe it's going to be any good. I'd like, like him I'm to just... do something like The Faculty again. I love The Faculty a lot. Yeah. It's not the best movie he's ever done, but I think it's one of the most underrated films. I just watched it recently. I think good, he, right? yeah. I think he needs to genuinely pull like a Red State and do like a romantic comedy or something. I think. Yeah. I, I, no, I'm sorry. I, I mean, like, I think he needs to stretch his muscles somewhere else and see if he can do something else, so that when he comes back, even if it's good or not, if it's complete shit, fine. But at least that way, when he comes back, he'll be like, "Oh, that's right. This is why I love this." Maybe he's like. Base too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know something like, like uh, uh, whatever it's not. I don't want it to be shorts. When, uh, when yeah. Sam Raimi did Drag Me to Hell, you could see his energy back in, oh, yeah. in filmmaking. Yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly. it's, it's, like, it's the polar opposite between Spider-Man 3 and that. Like, exactly. And I, yeah. God, that goat saying, you're going oh. to die, Oh, bitch. man. <laughs> we got to put up our Timothy Quill interview because Timothy Quill is the blacksmith. He's from, the guy who's like, I will fight with yeah. you. <laughs> you can count on my steel. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. But he he has he talks about uh, Sam Raimi in length about uh, Drag Me to Hell, and it's a great story. That's excellent. Yeah, All right, so also this week, <laughs> um, Bad Milo comes out on Blu-ray. So if you yeah. want to check out, it's that's it's not a great movie. But Again, another movie that doesn't go for broke. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a movie that almost commits too much to reality and mm-hmm. it hurts it for it. But yeah. you know, it it's interesting. It might be something that you know. Yeah. If you really were in love with the idea, you should probably check it out. See if it see if it works for you. Uh, in a world comes out this week, which is one of those. Uh, it's the Lake Bell movie that I. I I really wanted to see last year, but of it's course I really good. And actually, I just rewatched it, and now it's made like I changed my top ten to a top eleven, um, and th- because I wanted to include that film because I saw it, I, I did not know what I was expecting from it. I didn't see a trailer. Ended up being great. Lake Bell hmm. is amazing in the movie. Cool. Um, there's a movie called Instructions Not Included, which is like a movie about a kid gets a, a dude gets a kid or something. I don't know. It's the highest grossing for a movie ever. Is it really? Yep. Okay. Really? Wow. Or I mean. Uh, Spanish movie maybe oh, okay. I think the highest grossing movie ever, four movie is Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon hmm. oh probably yeah um, Charlie Countryman which is that Shia LaBeouf movie who cares about um, him yeah. he's a crazy person now skywriting crazy weirdo yeah. <laughs> anyway uh, and the very last thing is The Starving Games number one parody movie of 2013 I, I don't know it, yeah. it was that mm-hmm. man it's the oh, date how, movie people <laughs> yeah how oh, okay. how those those uh, oh, that did get a theatrical release it did yeah and the, uh, man that that it's whole like thing has gone <laughs> probably so downhill mm. that used to be the thing like those parody movies used to make gangbusters well yeah you gotta make like, good ones though like hot shots yeah. yeah well yeah but I don't know that like scary movie 4 was that good mm-hmm. in fact I know that it wasn't because I have seen it <laughs> unfortunately yeah What's a first crock pot? Good. Oh, it's a traditional serving dish used to keep food warm all day. Hmm. I thought. Oh wait, what's it? no? It's uh, what's a chafing dish? Oh, it's uh. a traditional serving pan that's used to keep food warm all day. <laughs> I thought that was a crock pot. No, my friend. One of the greatest lines in any movie of all time. <laughs> that's hot shots. Oh man, cool. Awesome. Thanks, James. You're welcome. News? Sure. All right. Unspool the real news. It's real news. Uh, we'll get through a couple of real quick things. Um, the newsroom's third season, which is about to premiere, is going to be its last season. No one cares. Um, I do, but like I, I'm, I <laughs> I'm just, I, I mean, if there's, if they say it's done, it's done. Can't if if Sorkin is done doing it, like I would never want that show to be. I still really want to do a so. Pacho episode of Sorkin where we're just walking down a hallway and just talking <laughs> the whole time. Oh, that would be great. I would love to write it. Yeah, we'll write it, won't it. Be, it won't be as good, but write it. All right, bitch. I will. Fine, it's written. Thank Boom. you. Okay, you're the it's writer. I'm already, it's already written. And I want I want credit for coming up with the idea. All right, fine. Thank you. Story by I, Ryan Frost. <laughs> <laughs> Inspiration by. 
Alan, Ray Ansorkin. Inspired uh, by a fever dream by Ryan Frost. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Ray Weiss sort of leaked in an interview this week that um, he shot some some Twin Peaks footage with David Lynch. Um, apparently, there's an anniversary coming up for for Twin Peaks. Brian, have you ever watched Twin Peaks? Yeah, it's horrible. Um, I man. Like my mom loved the first season, really? and the second season was not not that into it because that's when it really gets weird. Um, and I watched it because you know I was a huge Lost fan, and it got mm-hmm. Lost got compared to Twin Peaks a lot. Um, and so I watched it, and it's one of those things where I think if I had watched it at the time it was made, I might have gotten you'd into appreciate it, some. it a little more. Yeah. Whereas now I watch it, and like it it seems so overacted, and not yeah, not Ray Weiss. I don't want to say bad things about Ray Weiss, but like. You know, some of the women in that movie are like, when they would pretend to cry, I was like, oh, are you kidding me? It's just so David sappy. It's, it's David Lynch's yeah, I don't, style. And, I, and yeah. I don't always like him either. I mean, yeah. I love Elephant Man and I yeah. like Eraserhead. Twin Peaks, I love, but I don't. Uh, the second season, the reason is they wanted the, stu- the state, or sorry, the, um, the network wanted him to reveal, spoilers, they wanted to reveal who killed Laura Palmer right away because yeah. they wanted to try to move it along and then he got rushed and then it got canceled and then yeah. they released a prequel slash sequel movie that totally blew called Firewalk With Me. Yeah. I, I don't know, like I'm up and down about Twin Peaks. It's great visually, but he, yeah, right. like he, he acting's a little yeah. strange. The whole idea <laughs> of like driving a show on just what seems like random mysteries, I think I like that. That's not mm-hmm. what Lost, Lost is. It's not mm-hmm. random mysteries. There's something going on. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, JJ has a plan. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird Die thing. alone. I don't know. I wanted to bring it up. Um, the only piece of news that has made me excited about a, a Batman TV show uh, came out this week, which is that uh, Donald Logue is going to be in it. Um, who's He's an actor who like he pops up every now and then. He's the main guy from Terriers. He's great. I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's in, like, Blade. You know, he's the yeah, dude with the long hand blade. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's fantastic. And he's playing um, He's playing a person I don't know. Harvey uh, Bullock. Harvey Bullock, who I don't know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Harvey no, Bullock is, is the guy. He's that, in the animated series, is that, like, big fat guy who looks like he's eating a sandwich yeah, all the you time. you always <laughs> think he's a corrupt cop, and then they have that one episode where oh, he's, yeah, like, yeah. the good guy. Oh, yeah. dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Even more excited. You now. missed the David O'Russell news Batman. this week? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did miss the David O'Russell news. Uh, it's what? another one of him being an asshole. I'm surprised you missed it. What is it? He, uh, I'm excited. He compared Jennifer Lawrence being in The Hunger Games to being a slave. What? Yeah. David O'Russell said that? Yeah. And he says, what? oh, I guess people didn't get my joke. Yeah, because it was stupid. Uh, yeah, he's an ass clown. Oh, no, uh, he is. He, he just, makes good movies, though. Uh, he Shut does up. make good movies, but he kind of looks like Christoph Waltz the early years, so I just <laughs> can't get that image out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm surprised wow. you missed that. No, no, yeah. And I also Michael Douglas and Ant-Man. That's yes. awesome. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. No, no you're right. I did... Uh, then, but what I loved reading about it is Michael Douglas says, I've always wanted to be in a Marvel movie. Robert Downey Jr. has made it cool for A-list celebrities to be in comic book movies. <laughs> yes, totally. I agree. Because people have... They've realized see someone like Hugh Jackman, who was virtually unknown, mm-hmm. stars Wolverine, and now he's one of the biggest movie stars in the world. You have Robert Downey Jr., who came back from you know career suicide, from, basically from, from Cuckoo right. Land. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a guy in Robert Downey Jr. who on Gothica, mm-hmm. had, uh, Joel Silver wanted him so bad in it, but the insurance company wouldn't insure him. Mm-hmm. So Joel Silver said, "Well, if you you know he went to robbery, he says, hey, this is your one shot. If you ruin it for me, then no one will ever hire you again." He showed up on time, sober. Uh, learned all his lines, met his wife on the set, um, mm-hmm. and then he just changed his life. So it's really interesting. Yeah. And now, because now, there's the stigma for comic book movies now is, oh, I get to be in a sweet movie. It's going to make tons of money. People are going to know who I am. I can parlay this into 
doing the movies I want to do. Yeah. Um, where before, you, I'm too good for a comic book movie. Not saying yeah. Michael Douglas would never, but I'm just... Well, yeah. I mean, like, if it was... I mean, even if he didn't already win an Oscar for Best Picture, like, that's kind of the motivation for uh, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck playing Batman. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if that's the direct reason, but it seems like a logical sure. like, yeah. point. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm all in favor of it because it now explains what Ant Man's going to be. It's going to be that's that's why I was wondering why Edgar Wright said it was going to be a heist movie and they didn't reveal that until mm-hmm. later. Yeah. Now it makes sense because then yeah, when they when they said Paul Rudd was Ant Man, they didn't cre- really tell us who you know. And they didn't was, tell us which Ant Man. Now now that so. we know that he's Hank Pym, it's like oh okay. So this is a dude, heist movie. <laughs> if if he's like an old asshole who beat his wife a lot and they've got to go steal the Ant Man suit from him, I uh, yes, I want that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like this. Hank Pym is a dick. Yeah, Hank, oh, yeah. Hank Pym is a horrible person. Oh, yeah, he's bad. <laughs> like, yeah, um, so I think that's really cool. Do you think Absolutely. they could ever have Gary Busey in a Marvel movie? Uh, <laughs> um, well, they, they got, 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 got Nick Nolte. It's <laughs> almost the same thing. Yeah. They, they Gary Busey is Thanos. Uh, Mad yeah. Hatter, I don't know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, would, man. I would watch Dude, that. you know, I love the show I'm with Busey. I used to laugh yeah. so hard at that show. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? No. It was on Comedy Central. It was this one guy named Adam, and Gary Busey was trying to teach him to get out of his shell. And so he'd take him on all these like weird adventures and make him... Like, there's this one episode where he forces him to stand on the edge of his patio that goes down a cliff. And this guy, Adam, was such a... I think his name was Adam, was such a bitch. And he's like, oh, get me down, Gary Busey. And he's like, when you're up there, the chi will make you feel like you're part of the world. <laughs> <laughs> It's you should see. It's never been on DVD. I haven't seen it in years, but it used to make me laugh my ass off. Yeah, that's okay. funny. And then at the end, it kind of reveals that it's just this big like sitcom. It's it's pretty funny. That's that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So very last piece of news, and probably the biggest thing was that we got Oscar nominations this week. Boo. Um, <laughs> and they're they're probably the worst I've ever seen. Them. Oh yeah, it's uh, the, stupid. It's um. It's dumb. I don't think I've talked to anybody who's thought they were good. And not just because I think Tom Hanks made such an amazing performance in Saving Mr. Banks, and Saving Mr. Banks was my favorite movie from the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How that was not nominated for Best Picture and yeah. or Tom Hanks didn't get nominated for Best Supporting Actor is... Or even Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. She, like, that, um, that was a damn good performance. I, I'm yeah, a bigger I know, fan of Tom Hanks. I know Hanks Brad hates though. this because he thinks and, they're stupid, but I mean... Oh, no, and I understand... I, I, yeah. I, I've, I've said it, like, I understand that the Oscars, A, mean nothing and are political and dumb, but I don't want them to be. No, I, I eternally either. want... Like, I like the idea of us having a way to celebrate movies every year mm-hmm. and... Like especially when they announced that they were going to do ten best picture nominations some years ago, I was like, cool. You know, the whole idea there was that then the Dark Knight could get at least a nomination. Mm-hmm. You know, and that then, like part of part of it was then we can get more people to watch these movies. Every movie on that list, not like none of the movies on that list are really um, like populist choices. Like the most, the most probably the most widely seen movie was Gravity, which ha- doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell of winning that award. Like it just doesn't. No, they're going to um, give it to... What's that stupid... I can't believe the movie is nominated. It's... Uh, oh, do you think they're going to give it to 12... Uh, 12 Years a Slave? No, no, no. I, even they give it to that one. Nebraska? I, I can see... Yeah. I mean, I can see 12 Years a Slave winning it, but that's my. That's always my problem with the Academy. And just... You know, I always say independent movies, but they have this pretentiousness about them, just oh, like yeah. independent movies do now, mm-hmm. where they think they're better than it because, oh, uh, we don't make fun movies like The Avengers or something. And to me, those that doesn't make you the best movie because you're pretentious. Yeah. To me, a movie should be entertaining and when you lose sight of what's entertaining, then I mean, what's the point? Neither, hold on, neither of us have seen Nebraska and I really like Alexander Payne. Sure. So I, I, you know, I want to see that movie and it might be really good. Yeah. Yeah. A, is it going to be the best movie of the year? 
Eh, probably not. But when there's ten, I'd like to see some things on there that a people actually saw and were really like Saving Mr. Banks is really friggin' good. Yeah. Well, um, too. Again. And okay, what's gonna win? It's American Goddamn Hustle. It's gonna win. It's gonna sweep every friggin' category, and I'm gonna be so pissed. And I think you. I, it's you don't it's all just. Chance, so you know, uh, just <laughs> oh, you're so wrong. I, like I haven't talked. Other than you, I've hardly talked to anybody who actually likes that movie. I I, I mean, it's just look. There's uh, this is like, I'm I, I put out my top ten list uh, mm-hmm. with the exception of the Inner World edition, and um, one of my friends uh, texted me and he's just like, "Why'd you put Pain and Gain on that list?" <laughs> and I and I and I took yeah, a yeah. long time for me to accept that I was going to put that on my list, and that's when I realized I had to look at every film that I had watched this year, and I did not go to a lot of the award films when I was out in LA because one is expensive to go out to the movies there. Mm-hmm. And two, I wanted to, if I was going to go pay the money, I wanted to see something that was going to entertain me. I saw Thor. Mm-hmm. I saw the Wolf of Wall Street, which mm-hmm. is number two on my list. Maybe that will win best picture. I hope so, but um, uh, it yeah. won't, but it's, I it's hope It's maybe so. my choice out of all of those. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or her, I just saw her uh, yesterday and I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not, not going to go maybe even tomorrow. Yeah. Um, it's, um, I could see maybe voting for her. I think that, like, I agree with you because there's these, but the thing I don't agree with you in your statement is, is that these aren't really independent movies. The reason why I say yeah. this is because 12 Years a Slave, which I have seen since after mm-hmm. making my list, and I have a rule. I only put movies on the list that I've seen in a theater in their original run mm-hmm. before December 31st. When I saw 12 Years a Slave, I loved it. thought it was brilliantly made beautiful cinematography excellent acting Mm -hmm. that movie would never have gotten i don't think it would have gotten the attention at the oscars if it hadn't been for the fact that it was produced by brad pitt and that's hard for me to say because i love brad pitt but that's the push for it because the movie still through fox searchlight which is their independent yeah but fox searchlight produced shame which was his previous film it's about a sex addict but that movie got no attention. But it's just like the wine scenes. You sit there and pretend that they're independent, but they're really not. Right. No, yeah. that's what I was going to say. Like, the wine scenes have been independent since 95. Exactly. Yeah, this whole idea that, like, yeah, wine scenes or Fox Searchlight. Like, there was a time when Fox Searchlight was an independent was. studio. Yeah. But they've made too much money now, and they are now simply just another studio, but it's a studio with, like, you know, a different taste in but films. That's what I'm saying. They just try and, to play this cre- this cred, yeah. like, oh, look how oh. prestigious this film is. No, I, and that's the only thing that bothers me. And I always, in our film explosion, I always preface my ty- uh, my list with, this has no preference on critical because it's, I don't care what they think. Yeah. What entertained me when I sat down? Right. So you don't have to defend your pain and gain. Because, no, I don't. <laughs> because it's fun for you. Yeah. He doesn't have to defend Hansel and Gretel because it's a fun movie which hey, I watched I don't, like. I don't need to defend hey. Hansel and Gretel son and yeah. I'm, I'm here to say slavery ain't fun so I'm <laughs> that movie you know 12 years of slave the, the, no that the, movie the, is not fun to watch from the one black guy it's, it's, there's there, but there's this part of it like and look I, I, if Brad Pitt's listening out here I'm not I'm not trying to criticize you <laughs> I'm criticizing the Academy for only oh, choosing that film oh, because yeah. of that status. I think it's yeah. a bunch of old white people who think, oh, Brad Pitt's still popular in the papers. Let's, let's no, it is, that. because it, mm-hmm. it's just so political. Yeah, and I, look, if I win one someday, great. If I don't, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> As a filmmaker, I've realized that the Oscars don't mean anything to me. Brad and I were talking about this over text. I, I want people to just watch the movie. Yeah, it's all I matters. want them to be entertained. I don't want there to be a stigma of I have to overperform. Walt met a girl is a straightforward homage to Mel Brooks in a lot of ways. 
I don't want people to like try to look at it too critically or like overanalyze it. I want people to just go like, "It's a fucking movie. Yeah. Watch the movie, and enjoy have fun. it." Yeah. That's, That's how the matters. boys stairs is. It's it's much more darker than Walmart Girl is, but it, you know, watch it. And if you didn't like it, come up and tell me, or mm-hmm. like you know, message me. I'll accept it, and I will like say, "Okay, let's talk about this. Let's engage discussion." A good movie should engage discussion or entertain you or whatever, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't be about um, who gets the biggest gold dick at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Let me throw a couple more little things out there. Um, West of Memphis is not in the best documentary section. Well, it was mm-hmm. released in 2012. Technically, 2012. Oh, shit, you're right. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Okay, good. So that one's not so bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it wasn't... And also, the other film that got nominated was Purgatory... Uh, Lost in uh, Paradise Lost 3 Purgatory, which was pretty much the same mm. uh, kind of subject matter. Yeah. Um, Inside Lewin Davis doesn't get any best original music, which I can't yeah. believe. Rush is nowhere on this list. Uh, which, especially for Ron Howard, who is usually an Oscar baby, like, why is he not here at all? The Oscars don't like Richie Cunningham anymore. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Ron Howard. And then, <laughs> here's the real kicker. American Hustle is going to win Best Costume, and everyone in that movie looks like a caricature, and when you compare it to Rush, where that movie looks like real people, and it's not even nominated, oh, man, that one just kills me. Yeah. This, this list is just, it's gross. I think it's, oh, man. Everything that I loved from this year is not here, and everything that I thought was mediocre is here, and it feels like it's here for political reasons, mm-hmm. and it's just dumb. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, I haven't seen American Hustle yet, but I didn't hear that much about Christian Bale's performance. He's good. He's yeah. good? Oh, everybody in that movie's good. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, have, no, I have nothing... I, I was telling James, I... Everybody in the movie performs really good. It's just a piece of shit movie. Oh. Whoa. Oh, I've, I have missed the one biggest thing that's missing from this movie, What's and that? I found it because it's in best cinematography is Prisoners. I know. But is anyone else nominated for that Hugh movie? Hugh Jackman is not. Hugh Jackman nominated. is not nominated for that movie anywhere. Dude, you, not even Jake Gyllenhaal too, yeah. who is just as good. Yeah, or Terrence Howard. Like at least throw him a best supporting. No, like, I don't want to give Terrence Howard th- that scene where uh, no dude, I would, Jackman like, look, is yelling at Gyllenhaal in the car. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? That's. Yeah. I, I like Wolf of Wall Street, but there is no way that Terrence Howard is not better than Jonah Hill in Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, or Michael Fassbender in 12 Years of Slow. Like, Terrence Howard, I, you know, and yes, he's a, been a dick this year and needs to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> he but needs his performance is fantastic. If you're at least going to throw that movie one acting nomination, you throw it to him, um, and it's, he's just nowhere. It's insane. It is insane. You mess with RDJ, you mess with the world. You do. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's bad. Anyway, now I've vented and we cannot talk about this ever cool. again. Cool. This is the stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. See, this is now, this is the fun part of yeah. the show. Yeah, this, this is, is where oh, we man. get to, like, stop yelling at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, I watched some, watch some fun stuff this week. Me too. too. I watched, you know, I, I told my, uh, luckily my wife is very understanding of my impulse buys. Um, <laughs> I, I bought, uh, Scream Factory is this division of shout factory which focuses on um sci-fi and horror but like lost gems like kitsch stuff yeah exactly but what they really do is i talked about day of the dead last week what they do is they take um a comic book artist they make a new poster and which is really cool is when you pull the slip cover off you can reverse it and put the old poster on it oh cool so you have the new and the old um so i had this big itch to go get a bunch more so i bought six of them this week oh shit um i only had time to watch three um, uh, the first one I watched was The Howling. I don't know if you have ever seen The Howling. Mm. Howling one, Howling one, and that is a that, that is an unusual movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tonight, I'm gonna show you. Yeah, um, but it's still kind of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I, I can't describe it to people. It's a werewolf movie, 
But it, it's like insane. It is insane. <laughs> but it's, it does have some, doesn't it? Kind of sometimes it kind of seems like a musical sometimes because well, doesn't don't they have bands in there playing? Um, was there wasn't there no. a scene there? Okay, there, uh, there a, might I'm be a howling with it in okay, there. Okay, okay, all right. The howling right. series isn't known for its wonderful <laughs> sequels. <laughs> Wrong but it's, it's directed by Supials. Is Joe, not a good movie. <laughs> it's directed by Joe Dante, mm-hmm. who went on to make Gremlins. Um, and I mean the the film is tongue in cheek almost all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, it it deals with a reporter who is confronted by a werewolf in L.A. who is killing a bunch of people, and he's is infatuated with her. And so he takes her to, like, some sex arcade, and <laughs> she has nightmares about it, and then she's told to go to this place called The Colony, which the psychiatrist recommends to her. And it turns out everyone in this colony is a werewolf. And um, it does have one of the greatest werewolf transformations on screen, though. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's violent. Um, there's boobs in it, it a lot. Yeah. Um, Definitely worth your time. It's worth your time. It's fun. I mean, it's not... it's. It wasn't on my list of hundred favorite horror movies mm-hmm. because I don't know. I mean, it's still fun though. I had lo- I haven't watched it in a long time. It's fun to watch again. I'm never really scared by it, but no, it's. it's, it's it, I think it's more like a creature feature. Than it anything is, else. yeah. And you know, there's a cool part where this hot chick chops off a werewolf's arm. You know, that's cool stuff. Yeah. Um, it's what every that's what American Hustle needs, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is, huh? Uh, the second one I watched was Halloween Two, which is picks up right at the end of Halloween. Um, it's actually written by John Carpenter. Um, uh, apparently on a big pack of Coors Light. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the story with that is I was watching the special feature or the documentary about it, and um, after the initial success of Halloween, they wanted him to make Halloween 2 right away. Yeah. And he said, the only way I'll make Halloween 2 is if you let me make a movie I want to make first. And it was called The Fog. And it's called The Fog. Yeah, and, very good um, movie. I yeah. like that. And he sa- they said, okay, sure. And then, it tur- then he backed out, and so the producer... This is all in this this documentary. It's really cool because sometimes they don't. This talk is about the Shout Factory one, right? Yeah, I've heard that this is a really good documentary. Yeah, so the producer who's on it sued John Carpenter and Deborah Hill for not producing Halloween two right away, and so then he's uh, John Carpenter's like, fine, fuck it, and he wrote it, the script, and he turned it in, and they hired some other guy to do it, and it's actually not that bad of a movie. It picks up right at the end of Halloween. Um, it has some great steady cam shots. I mean, I think uh, the first shot in Halloween the steady cam where you know it's young Michael going up the stairs and stuff yeah. this movie's first shot with Michael repeats it and it's about 10 minutes long and it's him walking through an alley and trying to get away and uh, and you see in the background I shot him six times yeah got him in the heart <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great Donald Pleasance he's a human um and the movie's good. I mean, it's it's your typical slasher stuff, but... Um, well, what's funny about that film... I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but oh, the funny do. thing about the slasher element of it is that the first Halloween is not um, necessarily a slasher mm. movie. It's much more like in the vein Psychological. of Psycho. Psychological. Yeah, yeah. This one is where they start getting into that slasher Yeah, element. but they also... This one, too, there's... I mean, there's a couple instances where the blood's a little over the top, but mm-hmm. it's more of suggested. Uh, there's a part where he stabs this girl with a scalpel and lifts her up, which is pretty gruesome, mm. yeah. but there's really no blood in it. Um... It's yeah. all by shadow. Yeah, it is, and it's it's it's. I think it's actually really well made. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it's a very. It's still suspenseful. Yeah. No. It's. I think it's well done. I mean, there's you know that scene where Laurie's in the car. Oh yeah, it's is, great. That's tense the, for me. Yeah. The whole great. well, for me, the Halloween series never um, got cheesy like all the rest of the horror movies. I mean, I think that Halloween. Oh no, is, five and six are pretty bad. Well, five. I don't. Is, uh, yeah, they, four well, is they, one of my favorites. The, the cheesy Four's, ones haven't stood out as much as other movies. I mean, I, I guess, just, yeah. I just think that other horror movies have gotten less scary as time progressed and, yeah. and Halloween still sticks in my mind as one of the 
it, it's top tier. And yeah. what's amazing about it, like, and we were talking about the six 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 cut on the last episode I was on. Mm-hmm. Five and six aren't terrible. Six has problems with editing mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the only time that Halloween ever got goofy for me was Resurrection because yeah. of. Tyra fucking Banks. Oh yeah, who I cannot stand. Oh. But, but there are some <laughs> moments in uh, Resurrection I do really like. I like when uh, I like when the film ner- the film student gets killed. <laughs> yeah, or what's the part where uh, like Michael's in the house and you can see him walking in the background, then some dude sticks his head up something. I think he gets it chopped off, and the camera follows because he's wearing a a piece on his head, and it's like rolling down the stairs. That stuff's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, the, the idea is there, but. And that's directed by the director of Halloween 2, Rick Rosenthal. Is it really? Yes, it is. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Rick Rosenthal was a friend of uh, Hill and Carpenter's, and Mm -hmm. they brought him in. And then, like, for Halloween 3, which has nothing to do with Michael, they brought in (laughs) Tommy Wallace. They brought brought in Mm -hmm. most of their friends before Mustafa Akkad kind of took the franchise in his own way. When they started introducing, like, Buster Rhymes and, you know, all this stuff, that's when it started. (laughs) Wang Chung! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's when it started falling off. Oh, no. Watch Chun Lee! That was it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, the last Scream Factory thing I watched, but not the last thing I watched this week, um, is They Live. And I don't know if you've ever seen yes. John Carpenter's yes. They Live. That's excellent. Movie. I haven't seen it in years. And it had a, I have must have seen it on TNT or FX or something, <laughs> because I don't remember all the cussing in it, and I don't remember Roddy Roddy Piper's like, <laughs> one-liners at all. And I'm just watching this, and this is, movie is freaking brilliant. Yeah. And it's so cheesy. And, you know... Th- and I totally forgot that the line that says, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. Yeah. But I'm all out of bubble gum. <laughs> and then he's just blowing away those people in the bank. And then uh, that one guy is on his his uh, wa- watch that's like a walkie-talkie. And he's telling him who, because he figured out that the aliens are, because he's wearing these sunglasses. Yep. And uh, he says, Mama don't like tattletales. And he blows this guy away. And <laughs> That was the one John Carpenter movie that I wish Kurt Russell was in. <laughs> <laughs> and I love all the stuff he's done with Kurt Russell, but that should have been an additional yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's still so funny though, and um, it gets another movie that you can't take too seriously. And obviously, it's a take on '80s overindulgence and um, being inundated with constant uh, consumer consumer ads, ads yeah. and stuff like that. And it's it's really funny. And uh, yeah, I just I, I I miss seeing movies like that because it's a straight up '80s action movie. Or, yeah, or my favorite scene: What's the matter, baby? At the end, when uh, you know the girl's on top and he, <laughs> oh, yeah. she's that alien thing, yeah. she's fucking an alien. <laughs> yeah. Just an excuse to have boobs in it. <laughs> but I, I think the best uh, shot is at the end where um, you know uh, Roddy Piper is on top of the World News headquarters and he's about to blow up the satellite to reveal the aliens to everybody. And they tell him not to do it, and he does it anyway, and they shoot him, and he's about to die. And before he dies, he raises up his middle finger, <laughs> too. <laughs> kind of like a crank, too, kind of moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the aliens are pretty creepy in it. Yeah. Um, it. It has an interesting message. The movie's fun. And what's great about being it on Blu-ray is, I mean, even something like The Howling, I didn't realize how great it looked on Blu-ray until it had an uh, old EPK of... Uh, the making of it, yeah. and then they showed what it looked like before. Holy cow! Yeah, the, and the transfers are really good. Oh, at shout yeah. Factory. yeah, they 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 did a really good transfer. I don't know if it's shout uh, per se because I know it's they're all part of Rhino, but um, Death Race two thousand has a really good mm-hmm. uh, transfer, and I don't oh, know, I don't know how much work they did on it, but yeah, I I literally have a I have a gr- uh, gas station version of 
Death Race 2000. I, it, like, it's in this super thin DVD case because I bought it for $2 oh, at nice. a counter in a, in a gas station because <laughs> I was there getting gas in like a Mountain Dew and I saw it and I was like, holy sh... You have Death Race 2000 for $3? You uh, Keep the Mountain Dew. All I need is this movie. Did the clerk kind of like look at you like you were about to yeah, kill him? He, he probably thought I was hot. <laughs> <laughs> Because probably probably only drug addicts even buy those movies. Right. Next time I go into they, a they gas station like, stone, I'm going to be like, you have good management here? <laughs> 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 oh, man. Holy shit, career opportunities. <laughs> 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 Holy shit, Fritos. <laughs> I love Jennifer Connelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's uh, cool. Yeah, so pick up shout uh, Scream Factories. I'll tell you about my other three that I got and uh, when I watch them this week. Cool. Um, I also watched uh, The World's End, which my wife says, let's watch that. So that was cool, but she didn't really watch it. She's not a big fan of sci-fi. Um, did you like that movie, honey? She fell asleep. Oh, my God. Um, the movie's, the movie's honestly, great. One of my favorite episodes that we did last year because Zach was on it and our discussion through that movie, I thought was really interesting. I just went um, really into I listened to that episode on the plane back, yeah. and I was like, oh, God, I talk a lot, don't I? This one's going up tonight. Uh, so The World's End is really great. Absolutely. Um, and the last thing I watched is Your Next, which is also one of my favorite movies from last year. Um, it's a great horror movie. I managed to catch that in the theater. And yeah, it me was too. a fun theater movie. Oh yeah, it's really a, fun. It's a great movie, and watching it again, I forgot like the little nuances and characters, um, and just how smart. It's a really smart script. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy. it. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely check out your next. It's available on Blu-ray right now. Did uh, you notice that the uh, the the film major in the uh, de- uh, at the beginning of the movie is Ty West, oh, the yeah. director of House of the Devil? And I saw that. and I turned to my friend. And I'm like, that's that's director of house of the devil and and she's why, like who cares <laughs> and that's why his character is so funny in it um you have to watch the movie but he plays a filmmaker who's a documentarian mm-hmm. and he's really pretentious and a lot of horror people think ty west movies are really pretentious <laughs> um, so he plays that character and he's the first to die he takes an arrow through the head that movie well, never stops either I guess technically third person to die yeah it, it, that movie never stops though it's, it's relentless it's kind of yeah. like the the first time I watched Feast, I was like, this movie never stops. <laughs> yeah. I really want to get the, the song. I forget the name of the song that keeps on playing. That, yeah, on uh, the repeat. <laughs> yeah, on the repeat, because they murder people. Um, but yeah, and then there's some really effective scares in it. Um, it's really well done. And I love that it takes um, a girl and doesn't make her a victim. It makes her the person who kicks ass. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. And she's and she is Australian. And so for some reason, that makes her more badass, I guess. Makes her more sexy. Totally. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's the, that's the um, shit I watched this week. I uh, I turned on the TV at one point this week, and this mm-hmm. show suburb sub suburb turby. It's suburbia. it's purgatory and suburbia suburgatory. Okay, <laughs> I I just saw a bit of it. And apparently the main actress on that show is the woman who played Mia in Evil Dead. And I just freaked out. I was like, oh oh oh, she's fantastic. And then I saw what I was watching. And I was like, oh. No <laughs> shit! I'm probably gonna like find an episode and watch it anyway. Your nose sounds like, like the wily coyote falling down. A cliff. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Bree, what have you seen lately? Uh, well, I watched uh, this movie called Blood Car. Um, <laughs> I don't know where it came. My from. eyes are I, on you. I don't, I don't know who directed it, but basically, it was a movie about you know, basically, gas had become, I guess, too expensive or whatever. And they had to f- have other methods of um, f- filling your car. So the guy was trying to make some like organic gas, and he accidentally cut his finger, and then he realized his car ran off of blood. 
Um, so <laughs> so it's like just green green for cars. Yeah, he didn't. It, he didn't like invent a car that runs on 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 blood because he's a madman. He just magically had a car that ran on blood. Yeah, he was trying to. Well, he was trying to create some kind of you know fuel source, and when it cut his finger, and and that ended up working, but. I don't want to spoil the movie, but I thought it was <laughs> definitely worth watching. Um, like it, Deathbed, the bed that it, kills it, people. Oh. It, it, this movie was uh, basically I was digging through, you know, looking through my hard drive, and I found like this hard drive with a bunch of movies on. I started looking at it, and I watched it, and I was just like, I, I was, I, I was impressed. I mean, it's it's, it's a funny little movie. Um, I watched, finally watched uh, with my mom, Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, dude! Um, Did you cry at the end? Because I, I was cry at the end of that movie. Um, I you know what I I didn't I I I did get teary eyed, but I did like I didn't cry too much because I was glad that the girl made it back to mm-hmm. the world where she didn't have to suffer consequences like we do, death did, and all this stuff. And, yeah. and uh, I don't want to. And then that's another. No, well, no, no, I just I mean well. like, did she really, or is she just dead? Watch. No, I don't want to spoil it. That was a good movie. That was a good movie. Definitely a good movie. It's a great, um, it's a great movie. Um, but my mom afterwards was like, "Oh, I got I can't watch anything else like that. We got to watch something more lighthearted." <laughs> so we yeah. ended up watching Attack the Block right after that. Hell yeah! So um, nice. Really like that movie. And uh, what? Uh, now it's now it's slipping my mind. Some, there was something else good that I that I watched. Uh, crap. It was something on Amazon, but now it's now it's slipping my mind. But other than that, you know, been just uh, watching a bunch of stuff on the. I've been watching off a of TV though. I'm just watching Ancient Aliens, and that's that's hell yeah, movie. Ancient Aliens. Yeah. Oh man, that dude with his hair all weird. Well, <laughs> looks you, like a it looks like an eagle crashed into his scalp, the, the, and like <laughs> he's just got feathers sticking up all over the place. That well, guy. Oh. One of the things on there, though, I wish that they, I wish they would actually make some kind of films, though, showing the depictions of some of that stuff that they talked about on HLN. Because it's crazy. Yeah. Well, because it's just crazy people. Well, well, no, but one of the parts that I really liked, though, when they said, um, basically introducing the Grim Reaper, basically hmm. they were saying that, um, you know, back in the old days in the field, oh, sorry, in the yeah. field they had uh, some, you know, hooded figures that were uh, dismissing poison. You know, in the air and on the crops and stuff, and I, I think all that stuff that they talked about would be really interesting to see in a movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's always like it's these really wacky, like crazy things. You're like, there's no fucking way that that's real, but man, is it a? It's it's so out there that it's a cool idea. Right, right, yeah, right. Absolutely, I know so, where you're coming so from. So I'd love to see. Also, some that of show things. is just brilliant. Yeah. I used to like. I come home from college, and my roommate and I would make dinner, and Ancient Aliens would be on, and we'd just be like, we are gonna watch the shit out of this. Yep. Oh man! <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, uh, going back and watching, starting from the very beginning, because I've always wanted to watch this show, uh, Farscape. Um, oh yeah! So you know, it's I've always, amazing. I've always wanted to, you know, watch it in its entirety. Um, I watched the first and second episode. Really, really liked that show. Um, the, the I don't know all the characters' names, but the um, the bald haired, uh, the well, the bald haired, the bald uh, chick. That's the same chick that was in uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Um, really? I forgot, I forgot her, her real name, but oh, I was just uh, surprised to find out that was her, and I was just like, man, but I really like the whole cast of, of Farscape, so that's something I'm going to Yeah, be that's always been on my, like, yeah. you know, sci-fi nerd list of shame. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's got like you know the the Hanson Comp or the um, Henson Company does mm-hmm. the puppetry on that stuff, yep. and it's all really impressive and cool. And uh, what's her name, Gigi Edley, or I don't know how you pronounce. Oh her name. yeah, she's um, beautiful. You yeah. Know, so yeah, that's another. It's always good. Yep. <laughs> makes it makes it easier to watch. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Zach, what have you seen lately? Porn. Yes. What? Lots and lots of porn. My favorite was Ask Bankers Volume 9. Nice. Really a step up from 8. Really? I always thought 8 had a lot more to say. I mean, you know, the <laughs> script is there, but the project, no, I, the I watched not. <laughs> I can't keep going with it. <laughs> it's going to try to make a director porn name out of Christopher Nolan, but I can't no. do it. <laughs> um, I watched um, I watched a couple of fiction films. I, I caught up a lot of stuff to do my top 10, um, but... Um, at the, I was going in the backlog of your guys' episodes, and uh, uh, I guess you... I can't remember if you recommended it or if James Ryan, just watched Ryan it. Ryan saw it first. Yeah. It was West of Memphis, um, which yeah. is... The, he had just mentioned before, it's a documentary about the West Memphis 3 uh, case, which I was vaguely aware of like mm. when, Perg- when the Paradise Lost movie, the last mm. one, was released. But I had no idea about the depth of it. Um, after the movie, like I was just blown away by mm-hmm. like just like what the fuck happened here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was it was like it was a constant look of uh, on my face. So yeah. I ended up uh, being haunted by it. So I ended up watching Paradise Lost one, two, and three in a single viewing, and that's seven and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I only peed once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Um, it's uh, uh, Bruce Sinofsky and. Uh, uh, Joe Berlinger, who were the directors of the Paradise Lost films, I was amazed by their coverage of it, mm-hmm. and how it's just like documentary filmmaking 101 is literally right there. Like the Malays brothers, um, all that influence is in there. It's just literally just watching stuff unfold naturally, as opposed to trying to force a point of view in there. Mm-hmm. Eventually, uh, the first one is just strictly the court case because those those movies. If I'm not mistaken, those documentaries were made more while the story was actually going on, right? Well, yeah. They I mean, obviously, the first one, I think, was a little bit after, but it wasn't like... Like, West of Memphis, now that everything is over, it's more it goes back and really, yeah, pours through that case. Um, it's kind of like whereas, a, t- a cram session on it. Yeah, yeah, and the But the first, the first Paradise Lost is uh, the court case, and they originally went out to film a documentary about what they thought was three guilty teenagers, and it was like this American version of River's Edge, if you will. And instead, they ended up film. They ended up realizing, oh, these kids can't have done, couldn't have done this. This is ridiculous. Just because they wear a Metallica T-shirt doesn't mean they're criminals. Yeah. yeah. And so they, as the as the listening to Metallica music makes you a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> Sanitarium. Criminally bad. Yeah. New Metallica, criminal. maybe. <laughs> ever, ever since those guys started going to therapy, man, it's all downhill. From yeah. <laughs> um, but when you get to the second one, Revelations, it's really about uh, the stepfather, and you just see this guy go off the wall bad shit crazy and you're just along for the ride like it it ended up being uh inaccurate like there's no way that that stepfather could have been involved in the murders but watching him literally become so emotionally distraught to the point where he's like burning the site of where the kids were found and just like just just yelling and screaming it is unnerving to watch and the third film wraps it up all nicely and brings in new evidence like it's the dna evidentiary hearing and then the eventual release which is very bittersweet because it's just like oh, dude these guys are innocent just just exonerate them or pardon them with the governor and leave it alone um but really great document documentaries and that ended up uh leading into the fourth uh, fourth movie i saw this or fifth movie i saw this week which was sanofsky and berlinger's first film which is called brother's keeper and it's essentially about um, uh, it's, it's in rural, it's in rural New York, I think. And it's, uh, this simple country man, uh, living with his three other brothers they are like in their mid sixties. 
um, and one of the brothers dies. And it's apparently from just natural causes, but then the police come back and say, oh, no, 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 uh, Delbert Ward, you killed your brother Will by suffocating him with your hand. And it doesn't make any sense why you would do it, and you just start seeing the difference between what New Yorkers think of simple country folk and how country folk actually are. Hmm. And it's it's a weird, like separation between like how stupid people can be to stereotype and stuff like that and also just how this community gets around one person it's it's i think that all all four of those films by berlinger and sinoski are documentary 101 um but the only other thing that i saw this week was machete kills and i think i've already said enough about that i just <laughs> i'm i'm still gonna go see machete in space oh yeah. partially because oh, yeah. i think alexa vega is has become very hot over the years. <laughs> I think it's weird how Robert Rodriguez uses her now. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, yeah, there's, there's it's all Woody Allen-ish. Yeah, oh, oh, I brought it back. I don't know yeah. what I don't know what Mexican Woody Allen sounds like, but now I got it. <laughs> oh wait, we could just talk to Andrew Bueno. <laughs> He's the first one to say it. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's not that's not entirely inaccurate. I can see that. Yeah, yeah no, he does that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, cool. oh, and I did well. I did see Lone Survivor. Oh, I, I'm split between you two because I think it's a good movie. I think it's fun to watch. I don't think it's the best kind of war movie ever made, but um, I'm surprised that it got a WGA nomination for best script because I'd have to imagine most of that is just description <laughs> of yeah. role. It's I, I imagine Peter Berg wrote and then they rolled down a hill <laughs> <laughs> multiple times in a row. But Mark Wahlberg's good in it. I I will defend Marky yeah, Mark any yeah. day of the week. Yeah, yeah he's a good actor. I'll, I'll be honest. It's been a hard week where like it's been so hard on me all week. Now it sounds so shitty. <laughs> like you know, a, a bunch of people at work have come up and asked me about how I like Lone Survivor, and I of course had to be honest. And of course, everyone else loves it. Like I am the only one who feels that way. And well, I, yeah, I want to say that because I, James's argument doesn't make any sense at all because he's no. an American. <laughs> yeah, it's because I'm such a comic. Well, no, it's it just no. It, it's, it's because it's like the decisions they made there were horrible. Those are horrible decisions in a movie. No, uh, I, what? It, it is about how yeah, it's portrayed and all that. I, I, I If anything, I just want to, like, I know I'm the only one. Wait, and it's okay. What? Most people will like that movie. Um, everyone, always, is, everyone this, always gets on the, in the discussion on, you know, of, the, of those kind of movies. But, you know, they are going to, you know, there are going to be over, over the top. You know, all those movies that are in that, you know, there's very few movies dealing with war and stuff that are, you know, realistic and to the point. I mean, most of the movies that, you know, come out now are going to be, you know, over the top. My some there's people debating on Facebook, and I was just like, you know, the pe- same people that play Call of Duty are the same people that are going to love this movie. You know, well, yeah. well and I saw the movie I, with uh, a person who was in the Paratroopers, and he said that that was the most accurate war movie he had ever seen. Yeah, because because well, apparently, it's, yeah, because it's essentially taboo if you say you like the Hurt Locker in the army. Apparently, right, right. <laughs> um, hmm. so but, James hated the Hurt Locker. I know. I hate the last three seconds. He hated being in the Hurt Locker. I really love the Hurt Locker. I, I you hate Jeremy Renner walking <laughs> off a plane? Yeah. No, no. It's, yes. Yes. You just explained why I hate the last three seconds. Then, I don't think then, that's the grounds to hate a movie, James. Then, no, no. I don't hate the movie. Like, Wait, I, what? No. I, I like the Hurt Locker. I really do. I like everything, like... Especially you get to the part that has Evangeline Lilly in it, and I'm like, this is great. And then the last three seconds happen, and I'm like, yeah. ah. I, I like when they show some stuff, though, that, that some realism stuff, though. I, I do like when... You know, they just have those moments when you you do see that characters are vulnerable and stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Oh, uh, it's me. You know. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, so uh, this week HBO premiered their new show, True uh, True Detective. Man, um, I really want to watch it. I don't have HBO though. It's with yeah. McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Yeah, it's with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. And oh, dude, you know who's really good? 
Matthew McConaughey in mud, <laughs> yeah, in in everything this year, um, uh, especially at the failure to launch. Yeah, <laughs> oh, are you kidding? He's, he should have been nominated for an Oscar for failure to launch. Come on, yeah. man. Oh, fool's gold, man. My parents really liked fool's gold. I forgot about fool's gold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm glad I did. <laughs> so it's it's actually um, it's created by. Oh, let me scroll up because I. Uh, I uh, pronouncing the same is hard. Nick Pizzolato, um, who he was one of the writers on. I'm sure I just butchered the hell out of it. That's how he says hi. You're talking to Nick Pizzolato. Pizzolato. <laughs> oh, um, he was one of the writers on The Killing, and this mm-hmm. this show feels like what The Killing really wanted to be. Um, it's a it's a crime anthology, is sort of what they've called it. Um, basically, it starts off uh, these like we're in the present. And these detectives are interviewing uh, Woody Harrelson's character and then also separately interviewing um, Michael, uh, Matthew McConaughey's character and talking about Jesus this boyfriend. story. Um, <laughs> and they're, they're not just talking about this one murder mystery. They also seem very interested in the relationship between these two, two detectives. Or, or not the relationship between, but like they're asking very pointed questions about e- the other detective. And it's it makes you feel like down the road certain things about these guys and and what and their issues in their lives are going to very much come into play with the with the murder mystery um it's it's sort of too bad because Hannibal totally eats the show's lunch um because the the like super disturbing murder like that you see and you're supposed to be really disturbed by is um a woman that they find out in a field and she has been sort of dressed up with a set of um like deer antlers and I just as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Well, this is less." Dis- I've I saw all kinds of disturbing deer antler shit in Hannibal, like you know, most um, of it involved Rudolph. Yeah, no, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Most of it involved uh, the CGI deer that uh, Will saw all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean the uh, no, no. There's the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very cartoony. There's a um, wait the 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 CGI deer or the or the Hannibal. way the um or the way that the woman is yeah. is done up on the thigh. Yeah. Oh, um, anyway, I like it. Um, this one she basically just has like a hat of a anyway. It's it's weird and uh, it actually sort of plays on some of those same themes because it's in Louisiana and it plays on some of those same themes from West of Memphis where as soon as it happens, like the town starts saying that it's like cultist and like the um, they're like their boss. I don't know what you call the dude. Their captain, um, police chief. Yeah, yeah, their chief or whatever. There's a scene where, um. Like the Bill the, Nighy, that'd the be dude. awesome. No, that would be good. You, you want uh, to talk to the kid upstairs? Take it upstairs. Are you sure? <laughs> there's a there's a scene where like the 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 big you know pastor in the town comes and there he and the police chief are going to put together like a squad to to fight against um, anti Christian crime in the town. Which of course, what what is anti Christian crime and how is it different than non anti Christian? Like you know, I'm never going down it's south. That, <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of stuff. And it, so it's playing on some of those same exact themes. Um, Matthew McConaughey plays a guy who clearly something went wrong with, uh, like, my suspicion is that his daughter dies at some point, and so he is sort of an alcoholic and has his own problems, and Woody Harrelson is very much the sort of straight-shooting normal detective, but I think he's cheating on his wife, and that's going to go somewhere. It's a really interesting, very character-driven uh, story, and I think the, the performances are fantastic. Um, it's also got Michelle Monaghan, who I uh, adore. She's fantastic. She's naked in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, she is, and also generally pretty good in that movie. She is really good, good here as well. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, it's really cool. It, like I said, I think this is sort of what The Killing wanted to be um, because this feels way more focused. It doesn't feel mm. like it's going to lead me on these little bunny trails and be like, yeah. oh, this is, this is, we solved the crime at the end of this episode and then at the beginning of the next episode, they're like, no, we didn't. Well, uh, I read an interview with a creator of it and it sounds really interesting. What they're doing is every season, it's going to be somebody else. So yeah. Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey won't be in the next one. Right. So he said, he, he purposely said that. He said, in this one, there's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end. Yeah. It wraps up their whole story. So in Which, these, and these 10 episodes or whatever, however it is. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of like an American Horror Story style. Where yeah, exactly. Change it up. So, you know, though maybe those actors don't come back. I, I would love it if they did and they just did like American Cameo Horror Story. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, but that, uh, they, they're going for such a gritty, realistic style that I think, you know, American Horror Story, because it's so wacky, can get away well, with Well, yeah, that. I don't think they will um, either because uh, in the interview, McConaughey said that the only reason he did this is because he only had to commit six months yeah, yeah, yeah. and shoot it. He didn't Especially have to. Especially right now because he's yeah. blowing up, dude. And also nobody he's, asked him to take his shirt off. Mm-hmm. One of the, any day and now. And he was in mud. In mud. Any, dude, any day now, Rain of Fire 2. I'm just saying. They That'd can bring him back. That would be awesome. Maybe you know he maybe he's maybe he hacked up that dragon and carved his way out because he was yeah. badass. Yeah, movie. Gonna <laughs> I'm gonna write that script. Academy Award winner Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Is. Oh, because yes. I'm pretty sure he's gonna win for Dallas Buyers Club at this point. It's either him or Bruce Dern. Yeah. yeah. Or or Chichwa Alifor from Twelve Years. Yeah. Like those are the three people. Yeah. Christian Bale is not gonna win it. No, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't um, think. So, uh, Girls Came Back This Week, I also I always have to talk about this, because I think at least this season, they figured out what that show is. What it is, is it's 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 it's, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, only the people are always just the worst human beings ever, and they're never funny. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I think people in Always Sunny are pretty horrible. <laughs> no, they are. Yeah, yeah. It's like Always Sunny, if those characters were never funny. Because they literally, now they, all these girls just sit around and bitch and be horrible human beings and then tell each other that they're being wise and that's the whole show. Mm. And the dudes are, are now portrayed as like the only intelligent people around. Well, that's and it, true to life. I, <laughs> it's so the opposite of what I liked about the first episode. My wife episode. is so it's much crazy. into her book she didn't even give me a look when I <laughs> yeah. told you that. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's weird because now as much as I've hated the last like two seasons, I think, I think I appreciate the show and will finally stop watching it because I think it's I was doing. Say, why do you keep on watching? It's because it? I'm so I'm I'm trying to figure out what the hell they're doing, and I think now I understand what they're doing, and I just don't like it. Like I think they're finally being successful at doing a show about shitty girls, and now I understand that, and now I can stop watching it. Mm. Maybe um, maybe it's just me, but I'm a fan of shitty people doing shitty things in movies kind of thing like it's just a weird yeah. subgenre of films that I like like Pain and Gain they're idiots but yeah. they're also shitty people um, Girls like is to me the, the, the midpoint between Gossip Girl and Sex in the City <laughs> yeah. I hate both of those tail ends. <laughs> I love girls. I don't know. I, yeah. I think it's Lena Dunham. Like she did a movie called Tiny Furniture that I totally dug. So I kind of yeah. followed into it. But Alex Korpaveski on girls is fantastic. I can't remember who he plays, but he's um, really good. On is it. he Adam? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, no, he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I also think he's a like he's a crazy asshole. But he's become the only intelligent person on that show. He's he's the most level headed. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and but also a like sex crazed douchey dude who has done horrible things that I just ah um, anyway um, so very last thing I've been re-watching movies that I've never seen before you, you're reading my screen but you don't know what I'm talking about um, and um, this is one that I've it's actually been really cool because I've been keeping this one a secret and it's been kind of hard because of certain things coming up recently um, so this week I watched Mary Poppins You've never seen Mary Poppins. I, I, you are a horrible movie person. This is the one on my list that I was so excited to get an ass to find out about because I was like, "This is the one time, I, you know, that I'm going to say this, and he's really going to be like, holy shit.'" 
<laughs> How have you never seen that movie? Uh, yeah, I've never seen Mary Poppins. That's unbelievable. Never. You're um, un-American. So either I, <laughs> right? Uh, I bought the Blu-ray and checked it out. Um, it's beautiful. And yeah, not only is that Blu-ray beautiful, uh, there are a couple of times when the composites, like, oh, yeah. like you know, you can see a slight white line around oh, Dave yeah. Van Dyke, but that is so nitpicky for how, like, for how many times that I was blown away by things in this movie. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of shots and, and effects in this movie. I, I honestly don't know how they did. Right. Like, really, there are little things where I'm like, wait a second, that's got to be animatronic, but... I I can't hardly believe that they had th- that good animatronics at the time. Like, like it's, what? Like the the horse, the carousel, or? Um, no, 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 not the carousel. I think the it's not the bird. There's something else before the bird. Um, I think maybe it's some of the when they're cleaning up the room. I think there are certain effects mm-hmm. in the room. A lot of that is stop motion stuff, but I think there are certain effects in there where I was like, wait, how did they do that shot? And I know how we would do it today, but how we would do it today was is with a lot of CG, and that's. You got to keep it's in mind though. It's super impressive. You like, got to keep in mind though. In the mid fifties, he created a whole hall of presidents. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm no, I mean, sure no, he can right. do this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's it's super impressive um, and a wonderful story. Oh yeah, that's um, amazing. It's just a a great funny movie. I yes, Dick Van Dyke's uh, Cockney. <laughs> Cockney accent is not good, it does but I, I forgive it all day because he's so much fun. Step in that movie. time. Yeah, <laughs> um, a seventeen minute long dance number. Yeah, in the middle of a movie. Are yeah. you kidding yeah. me? It's it, it, yeah. that movie is just magic s- sprinkled don't with you happiness. Just, don't you just love Julie Andrews? Oh yeah, I, oh she's adorable. Every time I see her, I fall in love with and her. It, yeah. Oh yeah, and those kids are so good. Mm-hmm. Um, that little boy died of a drug overdose. Oh no, like, <laughs> at twenty one. You just Thank ruined everything. Yeah. Just kill all of my yeah. joy. I think that's how he died. Uh, oh, quote me on that. You don't actually. You know. put a cloud of sadness over my sunshine. He died when he was twenty one. Was he like just a spoonful of heroin? <laughs> 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 oh, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have been that clear when he was so, singing it. Uh, so James says Saving Mr. Banks have more weight to you now when you've um, seen it. Yeah, yeah, to some degree. Yeah, I, well, I might even say that this maybe it was maybe I had a very special um, experience with this movie because mm-hmm. I knew that story. And so then, as I'm watching um, uh, Tomlinson, what's his first name, uh, David Tomlinson, uh, his performance of that movie and what I what I now know mm-hmm. he's he's doing. Um, I think it had a little extra oomph to it, maybe. Well, there's because even of that, that. The great um, scene uh, towards the end where Dick Van Dyke is talking to the kids, yeah, and he's telling them about hit their father. Yeah, and the, the fact that sometimes dads need help. Yeah, uh, that and, scene, and oh, it's, it's so good. And then he the toppings. It's it's a beautiful yeah. film. It really is. Yeah. yeah oh when yeah. Feed the birds happens. I kind of oh. I'll lose it. I no. I, I just lose yeah. it. The one thing in that film that always uh, just steps up for me is uh, how Mary Poppins leaves. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a beautiful exit. Like I love that. It's it's kind of like the not tragic hero, but like the the idea of like, well, my work here is done. Yeah, <laughs> time to move on to the next town. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. always love those kind of endings, and that one with Julie Andrews in mind is just yeah, no. All over, the, you know, over the place. The, let's go fly a kite and stuff. Is I mean, yeah. In Saving Mr. Banks, I took my aunt to see it uh, in L.A. and uh, w- I started singing at the end of it. Like mm-hmm. I oh, started yeah. singing out loud. That song is infectious. It's yeah. just it just makes you want to cheer. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's great. And I was I was amazed because you know sometimes when you watch these movies, especially like you know kid or family movies that that were never part of my childhood. When you go back to them, you have to like. You have to give them a little bit of room or, you know, take it in a certain context or try to pretend like you were still at that age. And this, honestly, like halfway through this movie, I was totally in it. And, oh, not, yeah. like, I 
I, it was so much fun. Yeah, um, the movie is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's really good. James was watching Fat Albert as a kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I cannot believe no, that. Yeah, no. I, I grew up on Star Wars and Raiders and like <laughs> Um, and Fat Albert. We <laughs> <laughs> like, watched. Uh, I w- I just watched a lot of like you know eighties action movies, and I don't think I saw Goonies until I was twelve or thirteen, yeah. stuff like that. You know, oh, but yeah, but a lot yeah. of those classes. It's oh, yeah. I've never seen Gremlins, stuff like that. There's a lot of those sort of um, the Monster Squad classic. Ooh, movies. I've never the seen the Monster Shane Squad. Black. Yep, Shane Black, d- directed by Fred Decker, I yep. believe. Yeah, it's a fantastic um, film. So yeah, there's there's. I don't think. I didn't watch uh, Sand of Music very often. I've seen it, but, I, you know, Another that's one. Movie. It's not yeah. a film where you can really necessarily sit down and watch It's a long movie. Oh, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> oh, yeah. long. My, my, Laura was watching my nieces and nephew, and my little niece, Kendall, is four, and she wanted to watch The Sound of Music. And I said, Laura, she wanted to watch that? She said, yeah. But she ended up not watching it. I mean, that's a three-and-a-half-hour-long movie, I think. Yeah. She's a smart kid, though. It's yeah. about how Julie Andrews takes down Nazis. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I love Finn. That's why I love Ben and Broodsticks. It's Angela Lansbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, is it? Yeah. yeah. Angela Lansbury, yeah. Taking down Nazis as a witch. Oh, yeah. That's why Harry Potter showed up. <laughs> anytime, anytime you involve killing Nazis or taking them down, it's yeah. a good... It's a good the Inglorious Bastards of its day. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to get you down. <laughs> I love the joke in Away We Go where they meet that family that like only shows their kids the first half of The Sound of Music because they don't want to like introduce them to the idea of Nazis. <laughs> it's just great. It's so good. Oh, man. That's how neo-Nazis run their family. Yeah, so it's like their whole family is just a little bit happy all the time. Most of <laughs> them stop after, I've got confidence in sunshine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, it was really cool, and now Very I have cool. the Blu-ray. And nice, it's great. Now you can watch it over and over again. Yeah, and I, I will. Yeah, but, you should. Yeah. Have you seen? Dug into the special features; they're really good. Oh, yeah, the special yet. features are amazing mm-hmm. on that. Because uh, I, I also need to go back and watch the special features on Chandler's list from last week. I haven't gotten a chance to do that yet. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one to watch. Um, actually, actually well, Spielberg's interview is really good. Yeah, yeah. No, Chandler's list. Like, I'm really excited about that yeah. one for the for the special features. Um, I was but, glad. Uh, yeah. I was glad that you'd like talked about it the way you did because I had watched it uh, recently as well, and it's not like. It was last month, but I, I agree. That film is just brilliantly written. Yeah. Yeah. The way they handle Amon Garth. As Ray, Ray finds his Amon Garth, it's just beautiful direction. It's just you fantastic. Liam Neeson oh, went great. from portraying Oscar Schindler to being on nonstop. Oh, I'm excited for nonstop. Remember, remember the scene Take where... Take it on a plane. <laughs> hey, we can't... I, I, I so, don't want to bash I, I me so, No, no, I love Liam Neeson. I so all. hope in the movie it's actually where he flips up his phone and those little dialogue boxes come up. Oh, yeah. That'd be so awesome. Yeah. It's just oh, no, him I, sexing it's people. Still, it still has my... Well... My second favorite shot from any trailer I've seen this year uh, for a movie next year is when the plane's like falling and the gun f- comes up and he grabs it and he <laughs> shoots him. That was badass. Yeah, I, I mean, my favorite shot from a trailer this year is in Amazing Spider-Man 2 where Spider-Man's flipping on the police car and he catches it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty badass. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. What comic do you have for me this week, James? It better be fucking good. I got a dark one. And a, and a deep cut. Ooh. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. Um, so this is one that I've never talked about before that we, I, I just sort of stumbled onto it. Um, it's only actually two issues in there, but they're those like thick issues where it's got like a real spine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a book called the Roberts. Um, and it's about, um, the, uh, the Zodiac killer and the Boston strangler are old guys. Cause you know, both of those murders were never, never solved. actually solved. Mm-hmm. Um, so they both they've gotten old. They're in uh, like an old folks' home, and they realize they they, re- they figure out who each other are um, just by chance. Both of them are in the same like senior center, um, and it's just this 
interesting little story about those two guys like figuring out who they are relating to each other um and then of course they're serial killers so things start to go a little dark and twisted mm-hmm. um it's one of those like very indie comics yeah, limited runs it. on them um and the art it's it's black and white art and it's it's pretty good it's interesting it's um is it only like a single issue or is that it's a- it's two issues two issues so it's two of those like thick issues um and they collected it at some point um but it's from like 2008 or so so it's a hard one to find uh, you might be able to find it at the Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. If not, you ask Andrew about it, and he can probably, you know, f- find it and get it for you one way or another. Um, but it's one of those ones that, like, if you can seek it out, like, put it on your list so that next time you're at a comic store, like, you know, check on it. And check on them every now and then and see if you can find them. It's a really neat little story and one of those really creative things that you just don't see anywhere. It's it's actually a story I could see somebody making, like, a a little indie movie out of or something like that. Um, just cause I think it's such an original idea. Uh, and it, it is, it's pretty fun. So James, um, what would you do if you ever saw the Zodiac killer? Uh, well, are, okay. Are we talking like, like in modern day where he's sort of an old man? Like you just told me like that dude was definitely, oh, the Zodiac dude, I just killer? gave you a setup for the movie Zodiac. Yeah. <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> I need to know who he is. <laughs> I would just look him in the yeah, eye, I guess, and yeah. I'd let him know yeah. that it, I know. Does in the comic <laughs> does he look like? Uh, does the Zodiac killer kind of look like um, uh, Arthur Lee Allen, um, the the one who was supposed to be the prime suspect? Uh, I, it's hard to tell. Like the does he look fat and bald? Essentially, he's he is bald, and he's. <laughs> He could be fat, but it's one of those things where you don't know if they're doing that just because he's older. Mm-hmm. Like if he's just got sort of that old old man paunch, or he's like um, fat bastard when he went skinny at the end. He's of not November. that. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not that fat. Like he's you know like they're both the Boston Strangler is a little bit scrawnier, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I I think that they are doing that. I think that is intentional. Um, but it's one of those things where like sometimes not everybody's George's Jaunty where you look at their characters and you immediately know that. Right. Uh, mm. They are uh, supposed to be. A Have real you seen uh, the special uh, gatefold cover for Rebecca Isaac's Buffy season ten? No. Yeah, it's pretty epic. Oh, I'm gonna have to tell Andrew to make sure he holds that in my hold slot for me. And I have to actually have to tell him to make sure he holds the Marcus <laughs> Marcos Martin Amazing Spider-Man. Oh variant. man, that cover's so cool. Oh, it's badass. Man, is I it just for Spidey oh, to come back? Yeah, that's the real Spidey. The Peter Parker, as yeah. we've discussed. That don't worry, guys. Soon we'll have a Peter Parker around us all the time. Yep, it's We're called not- Amazing Spider-Man Two, and it's hitting theaters soon. <laughs> <laughs> not only that, but when my wife rears our child and it is a boy, his name will be Peter Parker. Yeah. Peter it, Parker for us. Uh, it's it's not going to. It's be a mouthful. A boy. It is. I'm I'm sorry, but it's it's going to be a girl. Holy shit, that looks good. Oh man. Yep. Oh, I like her Buffy. Okay, yeah, me too. I know where the next uh, think... paycheck I could go to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's still got Young Giles. Oh, man. Oh, good. Oh, I'm so excited. Angel and Faith starts a couple weeks after that. A couple months, I was reading uh, in my previews. Oh, so there's, it's still going to be mm-hmm. Angel and Faith, huh? Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's a good creative team on it, too. I forget who it is. God, they just mentioned it in my last previews. But it's big shoes to fill. It is. We love us some Rebecca Isaacs. Hopefully she'll come to Denver Comic Con. Christos Cage, man. Yeah. Christos Cage writes good Superior Spider-Man stories. Oh, is he the one? Is he writing it now? Uh, no, but oh, okay. um, he wrote the annual, which was really good. Oh, that's right. We talked about that. Yeah. 
because he doesn't focus on you have a superior Spider-Man much no. smarter than you it's because Chris Cage is a really really good writer he is he's not and he always responds to our tweets I love him oh yeah no he's fantastic man anyway so if you ever want to talk to a comic book writer tweet Chris Cage he'll always write back yeah. good guy I'll be like what do you think of Machete Kills <laughs> <laughs> he'll, probably have a, he'll probably have an opinion <laughs> Dude, I'm writing Buffy. Do you think I have time to waste on machete kills? And I'll tweet back, yes. Why don't you? Why don't you have time, Chris? Come like one. I think he's going to be at Denver Comic Con. I'm, I'm. My fingers are crossed. I don't Get know if they said that yet, but yeah. I'd love to talk to him. Yep. Because we'll go up to we'll go up to Rebecca Isaacs and be like, "Hey, can you get us in with with Christos?" Yeah. Be like, can, no. just can we just have you both on at the same time? Oh my gosh. And oh, if, it would be so good. And if Isaac shows up, I'm so going to commission her to draw me a Green Goblin. Ah! I'm going to see if she can make me a Rocketeer. And then combine it with my George's John T. Gwen Stacy that he gave me for free because he thought it was horrible. Oh, <laughs> dude. And it's so... Have I ever shown you it? No. It's so good. You need to tell me this now. So we... Uh, Stay tuned for Pacho episode six. There might be a special appearance by George's Jaunty. Uh, but when we were setting this up, um, I, I asked him the first day. I said, hey, will you draw me a Gwen Stacy? He says, uh, do you have a reference? I was like, fuck, no, I don't. He says, it's all right. I'll figure one out. Emma Stone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, the next day I went to him and says, hey, did you get my commission done? He says, oh, I haven't had time, but I'll get it for you. I promise. He says, oh, no, I just don't. I mean, you don't have to if you're busy. It's like, no, you're really the only one who asked me for one. I think I have a couple more, but I should be able to get yours done. Because uh, I only asked for the head, because he said, don't ask for the whole body, I'll make it horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and so the last day, just before we maybe filmed the scene with him, um, I got. Uh, I, he says, hey, I got that for you. And then he pulled out this one that was really good. And he's like, no, this one sucks. And then, <laughs> and then he pulled out this other one, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's it's so good. And it's it's beautiful. And I, I says, all right, man. And I pull out my money to give him. And he's like, no, don't, I don't, I'm not going to charge you because I didn't do a good job on it. And you're like, what? Oh yeah, no, it's 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 fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, uh, and he's such a nice guy. Do you ever yeah. think Picasso James did that? <laughs> I know James has his uh, cell phone number. I do. Yeah, yeah. I can just call George's anytime I want. Yeah. Yeah. Can I call him and ask time. him what he thinks about David O. Russell? <laughs> <laughs> you should. Uh, yeah. See, James doesn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> So every week on Real Nerds, we see a new movie. This week, we saw Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. Oh, you really have a hard time with that. Once again, Shadow Recruit, which is not based on a Tom Clancy novel. Nope. Um, Which is weird, since there are so many of them. I know. Based on the ghost of Tom Clancy. Should people go see Shadow Recruit? Yeah, I I I thought it was a fun movie, but, you know... There was parts that, that made me laugh, and we were cracking. Me and Zach were cracking jokes <laughs> in different parts of the movie. I mean, um, just why some lines and stuff. But I thought it, I thought it was good. Um, it's been a long time since I saw a really uh, espionage movie. Um, what what I you know I liked I liked about this character though is that um, you know it, it didn't really in, initially make him out to be like a badass. He was just a person that had the training, and you know, and um, you know he was. You know, when he was in these situations, he wasn't like, um, you know, he just, he seemed like a normal person, you know, sometimes. Um, I thought his girlfriend was uh, kind of stalkerish, you know, but uh, she... Women be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Anybody's going to stalk me. I, bet, I would love to yeah, be a Keira Knightley. But, but it was just like, you know, oh, you wouldn't saw this movie. I just saw a movie by myself. You know, I'm not cheating on you. you know? huh? but, I'm sorry I saw a Barbara Stanwyck movie without you. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to point out something real fast. Um, you have two Hitchhiker's Guides to the Galaxy over there and a Fool's Gold. 
I'm just saying. Oh, I didn't that's even, true. I didn't even know that was over there, and I just happened to look over. Wait, why are the two Hitchhikers guys? I don't know. I just want to know why you have fool's gold in your house. Uh, my parents like that movie. Uh, okay. Zach, should people go see <laughs> Shadow Recruit? No, go see fool's gold. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I. It's been a long time since I've seen a Jack Ryan movie in a while. I think the last one that I saw was uh, The Sum of All Fears, um, and uh, I... You don't just mean because that's the last one you, that they made. No, because I mean, it's the last one because it started Batfleck. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Shadow of the Fierce is bad. And, no, it's, I, I think like it's it. entertaining. And I like Morgan mm. Freeman. Um, mostly, I watched it for Ben Affleck. Um, yeah, totally, <laughs> I love Ben Affleck. Uh, he's my RDJ. Um, <laughs> nice. uh, I, um, I'm hesitant to say that I love this movie. I didn't hate it. But there are moments in that film that are kind of funny. And most of it does involve Kira Knightley's character and the... The romantic dialogue <laughs> sounded a lot. She's. I mean, we'll get into it later, but I just thought it was really weak in places. And I thought Kenneth Branagh. I think he's a very talented director. He did a great job on Thor. He did a great job with Henry V back in the nineties. Hamlet. This seems like. I'm sorry. Yeah, Hamlet and Henry V. Sorry. Um, no, but, I just want to say. Hamlet. <laughs> I just want to talk about Hamlet. As much I said as Hamlet the fifth. Um, I think that. I think he does a little overacting in the movie, and I think it kind of bothered me because I wanted more Jack Ryan necess- uh, than what we were getting. Because Kenneth Branagh kind of seemed his scenes kind of seemed to overshadow Jack's in some ways dramatically, but I don't think it's as effective as Chris Pine's performance. It's a little convoluted. I mean, there's it's definitely fun action, but I don't know if I would recommend it. Like maybe for DVD or Blu-ray, but I don't know if it's a necessarily a theatrical watch. James, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I would agree that like uh, the Kenneth Branagh's character is a little bit. It's it's his his character is the weakest part of the movie, and probably the the villain is the weakest part. Not the plot, but the villain is the weakest part yeah. of the movie. Um, but I loved Chris Pine as Jack Ryan. I love the fact that, and I it's too bad I haven't talked about this before on the show because it's going to make it sound like I'm just because I love Kenneth Branagh so much I'm giving him ex- some some extra leeway. Um, and he does that opposite for David O. Russell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly the opposite of David O. Russell. Yeah, you're right, Ryan. Um, <laughs> the Oscar goes I, to Jack Jack Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I have been a little worn out lately by you know I I love J J Abrams and I I think that the action scene every 10 pages rule works really well for a summer blockbuster but i think we've been getting that on like every thriller suspense movie lately um where you get these action scenes that just feel like they're thrown in and this movie every time that there's an action scene in this movie i felt like it was there for a reason um and that i i I found sort of like a a breath of fresh air you know it feels like a 90s thriller again it feels like the fugitive it's not as good as the fugitive but that kind of a that pace where it's it's methodical and slower and uh, and I actually really loved the relationship between Jack Ryan and his and his girlfriend. Like those scenes were maybe the reasons why I liked Jack Ryan as a character so much, um, yeah. because I, I I cared about him in those scenes because of her. So <laughs> no, I thought yeah. No. Anyway, Brian, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Just like that, James. <laughs> it's so funny because it, oh, it started off as saying, "Should people go see this movie?" Yeah, you should go see it. And then James always, it, it's like. They talked a lot about it. I, I thought at one point he was going to be like, and you know what? Also good, Mud. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good movie, though. It, mud it is, is good. It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's on your top ten list, isn't it? It is on my it top ten list. It's number five. I saw this yeah. Stay, tu- Stay tuned. That'll Let be released soon. James. Jeez. Oh, yeah, it's upstairs. I'll let you know. I'm just going to steal it. Um, <laughs> Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. Um, yeah, I. it was fun. 
Um, I think it's definitely a rental. I don't think you should rush out and see it. And I will disagree with James. I think the dialogue with Kira Knightley and Chris Pine was really clumsy. Hmm. Um, I thought her deliveries were really awkward. They are. Um, but Chris Pine is really good. Um, he's a good Jack Ryan. Yeah, he's you know he has that um, that boiling, smoldering, something's happening, and he knows it. Look down really well when he's in the office with Kenneth Branagh, and they're having their little exchange. Here's the here's the trailer for it, but rental. Yeah. This is cornerback. I have a situation. Somebody tried to kill me. Jack, does work okay? Uh, yeah. You know, you sold this as an office job. Why don't you sit down? Now talk me through your very scary scenario. Keep in mind, I don't have your PhD. Tokyo, London, the United States. It's gonna be a wipeout. We'll never see it coming. You're not just an analyst anymore. You're operational now. I have to go to Moscow. Why don't you want me to come? Because I'm going to be working the whole time. They play rough over there, Jack. Victor Cherubin is unpredictable. You Americans like to think of yourselves as direct. Perhaps you are just rude. Perhaps you're just touchy. Jack, you got another problem. What are you doing here? You I'm... lied to me for three years. Somebody come on, of course not. I, I, you... I, can we have a, a, mi- a minute, please? No. This is geopolitics, not couples therapy. Partnerships are delicate, Mr. Ryan. Sometimes they end violently. What the hell is going on here? Sometimes the ones closest to us are the ones we should trust the least. We all have our secrets. You think this is game, Jack? They will bring us to our knees without even firing a shot. There's a very real scenario here where we don't get out of this alive. We are compromised. If you find the truth, will you believe it? Oh my god. I don't think Kira Knightley can do an American accent. I think that's she, why she her, did one, but uh, it was clumsy. I, right, but I, I and I, it might be a little unfair because I think in my part of it was just that the voice sounded disjointed to me because I know her voice so well that I guess I didn't just I didn't buy it from her. Mm-hmm. Um, but that to me was a big reason why her performance always felt a little weird because I was constantly like, whose voice is that? Huh? Where is that? Where is that coming? It's the same person who ADR'd that uh, MMA chick for Haywire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Or um, or uh, Cameron Diaz in The Counselor, like where it just feels slightly. You mean that wasn't her real voice? <laughs> the, right. The whole time I saw her, I kept thinking about Natalie Portman. Though I was just like, I kept saying Natalie Portman has gotten s- super skinny. 
I was like, she's <laughs> withering Somebody away. Somebody feed that poor woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking in my head the whole time when yeah, I, I saw her. I mean, I mean, the movie is cool. It starts as an origin story, and I think it's cool that the origin story is, you know, Jack Ryan is kind of lazy, smart guy at Oxford, and um, 9-11 kind of thrusts him into this world where he says, you know what, it's time for me to stand up for my country. Yeah, and it was badass that, you know, he saved his two guys with a broken back. And it's a cool setup for the character because when he says, you know, I'm just an, anal- uh, an, uh, an analyst. An analyst. And he says, "No, you know, you're pretty badass." And yeah. um, so, it I wish sense. Kevin Costner had said that. Dude. No, you're, you're, no, you're, you're pretty cool. You're, you're, right. you're, bad, you're kind of a badass. He doesn't say anything serious. He's just like, "No, man, you're a bomb." Yeah, there's really cool scenes with Kevin Costner and Chris Pine, and I think we have one uh, that we're gonna gonna play. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Yeah, let's, we should do yeah, that. Here it goes. We haven't, I haven't done that in a couple weeks. Yeah, oh, yeah, you missed last week. Let's, let's play that one. All right. You stick to the scheduled audit tomorrow. Everything official, everything in public. You'll be fine. I need for you to be fine. You know, you sold this as an office job. You're not just an analyst anymore. You're operational now. No, I don't know if there's really a scene. I'm just guessing that the EPK yeah. has one. I'll find one. I'll find something. <laughs> you know, I've been pretty good with that. You know, I'm usually pretty good at picking what scenes are on in the EPKs. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, I, Kevin Costner, I think, has been really cool in movies lately. Yeah. Because he's, he's, he went away for a while. Yeah. And I'm, I think I'm one of the few people that really loved Open the Range. Guardian? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I really loved Open Range. Open Range, Open Range is great. Don't remember Robert that Robert Duvall and uh, Kevin Costner. They play these oh, the cowboy movie. That's yeah. right. They it's play cattle guys. Movie. And then at the end, they just start <laughs> blowing people away oh, in this it's town. Badass. It's awesome. I, did, he did a movie called Swing Vote that I really dug uh, with Nathan Lane. Oh, you like and, that one? Uh, yeah, I do. I didn't see it. I thought it was very like well-written and stuff like that. Kevin Costner, like, I don't know, like, his casting in Man of Steel kind of, like, took me for a loop, because I was like, oh, really, Kevin Costner? I haven't seen this guy in a while since Swing Vote. Mm-hmm. And him and Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit, I thought was just, I thought it was the fun, smarmy, wise-ass well, old what man. Makes it cool <laughs> is what, I think people forget how great of an actor Kevin Costner is, because, yeah. I mean, every line he said in Man of Steel had so much weight, and it was really right. good. But in this, he, he does this, like, snarky kind of... He says, "You brought your dog? No, I stole it from somebody, and they're gonna be really happy when I return him in the morning." <laughs> that made me laugh so <laughs> yeah. hard so good. because because yeah. he doesn't. Th- th- what makes it so great is he doesn't wait for the beat. He's just, yeah. I'm just gonna deliver this line, and like it's nothing. And yeah. I think that's you know you miss him, and I miss Kevin Costner in movies. I mean, people hate uh, Waterworld. I don't think Waterworld's that bad of a movie. Who uh, hates Waterworld? <laughs> I gotta watch um, it again. It's all the people who didn't see it. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. um, you remember that episode of The Simpsons where Bill House is putting like forty quarters into the water world machine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he only takes one step. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I love Costner. Like, yeah, it's Dances yeah. with Wolves, Field of Dreams. I hate, it, look, oh, Field of Dreams is yeah. the only movie I think any even the hardest uh, Marine Corps SEAL team Navy man could start breaking down. <laughs> the moment he says, "Dad, do you want to have a catch?" If you don't cry at that, you're not a real man. I'm sorry. <laughs> and even, you know, for the love of the game. But, you know, oh, but, yeah. but back to Shadow Recruit. Uh, you know, you're right, though, with the action, because the action actually was really suspenseful. And even... Yeah. Um, when he kills that dude in the tub, dude, that's yeah. one of the best murder like, action scenes that I... Because, man... The, the, guy's sh- the look on his face, and one of the things I love about, about Kenneth Branagh is that I feel like he gets really great performances out of his characters. Oh, yeah. Even if the movie doesn't hold up as well, even if uh, some, sometimes the action's a cl- little clunky or whatever, or there are scenes that are extraneous. Or but, he's doing Dutch angles. Those performances to me are so good, and that look on his face while he's like, 
holding that guy underwater, it got to a point where I wanted him to let him go yeah. or knock him unconscious. Like I felt, um, it, it, it it was very reminiscent of like the beginning of Casino Royale, mm-hmm. you know, where the guy tells him like, "Oh, it says to James Bond, like, oh, he made you feel it, did he?" Um, this this is that scene. Mm-hmm. Like, this was a scene where these two guys fought, and the guy who died really made Jack Ryan feel it, and that was so impressive yeah. to me. Um, I, I yeah, I just feel like I haven't seen that kind of thing in a while. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I mean, the, the movie's not perfect. No, 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 not no, at all. No, the it's action's cool. Cool stuff. There's here. some great scenes with um, Kevin Costner and chris pine but again i just go like kira knightley's character is just lame and then she's yeah. gonna fly how does she even know what hotel he's in right um, she That's flies true. to russia and then she just asked johnny depp and all yeah. the magical pirates yeah and so she's just sitting there and says i want you to tell me what you are that's the scene i was gonna because, talk about <laughs> she says oh i see a gun so i know that you're a cia agent well no she just knew something <laughs> i would have been like she knew no he- i'm a I work for Wall Street. I need to protect myself because I have so much <laughs> no, money. No, yeah, I, I would have assumed like, the back room in Deer Hunter. Mouth, did he mouth? That's just that. Like she knows just by saying that gun that she that he is not quite the man that she thought he was, and that's all. You know, like she's gotten to a point. No, where, I, I understand I think, the scene. It's yeah, just dumb. no, I I don't know. I I like it. Like I, I their relationship was was part of what for a writer you don't um, like well written yeah. scenes I, very I, much. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, with her showing up. <laughs> when she showed up in the in the motel in Moscow, I thought she was going to be some kind of secret agent. Cause oh, she, yeah. That would have been awesome. And when I saw that <laughs> gun by her, I was just like thinking at that part, I was like, is she going to release some information? that?" If it were an Angelina Jolie movie, yeah. Yeah. And also... If you're the hotel person, you won't let that chick into somebody else's room. That's a bad. That's a bad uh, concierge. She's getting fired. Exactly. <laughs> I worked uh, in hotels. I know that's not. What see, you my wife's complaining about the Percocet. I complain about the customer service aspect. <laughs> <of it. laughs> Everyone uh, has complaints. It's yeah, the human yeah. condition. Yeah. I will say, like to me, I'm really glad that it wasn't nuclear missiles or like there so there's something inherently kind of lame about when when your villain's whole plot is that he just crash wants to economy. crash the economy yeah there's something where you're like really that's it but i kind of appreciate that it's part of why i love tomorrow never dies so much because the villain in tomorrow never dies is trying to start a war so he can sell newspapers like like <laughs> that's <laughs> right that, that kind of a villain where it's it's not as simple as like i just want to blow shit up like i don't know like I don't know. I think it's fun. I don't think that Kenneth Branagh's character is terribly interesting. And, like, the whole thing of him sending his son away, I was like, uh, Or even him having a cirrhosis but... of the liver. Like, I was just like, yeah. okay, well, I don't... Yeah. You're a Russian and you're drinking a lot of shit ton of vodka. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the weak part about that whole thing, though, with the... They tar- start talking about the sleeper cells, though. It was, it was just like, okay, it's a sleeper cell that only consists of your son. <laughs> and, and, and your son runs around randomly stabbing people. Hey, the FBI were talking about you. And did you see that when the, that scene? that weird camera it's, yeah breathe it, it, yeah. The, econo- the economy has hit everybody hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah sleeper cells don't have as much money as they <laughs> funding is low that was, that was a badass scene though where uh, Jack Ryan grabs I don't know the pipe or something and jumps at the car and smashes the, oh, the driver yeah. <laughs> that, that whole chase sequence yeah. I thought was really cool it was yeah. really suspenseful in the yeah. whole light bulb thing like that this he's like the bulb if I put it in her mouth and she bite down she yeah. dies slow painful death yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm sounding well, like Chekhov in his <laughs> older years I, I told Who Zach whistles? I told Zach that what part would have been great though was when he you know when he hit the van with the pipe when he got went in there it would have been funny if he 
then when he punched that guy, he put the light bulb in his mouth. And then <laughs> yeah, suffer yeah, well, I, I was upset by that too. <laughs> yeah. That's that actually a great scene though. Before he can get away, he just socks him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of liked it, but at the same time, I'm just like every time I watch a PG-13 action movie, like I get so upset because I know I'm not going to see what I want to see, which is his. Like fucking curb stomp him and leave him. It shows broke teeth and leave it out. I, I just I, I'm I get vengeful against villains sometimes. Where I'm just like, dude, fucking kill him. Shoot, mm-hmm. shoot him point blank in the head. I, I, I don't know. know. I I kind of like the fact that he. I mean, he doesn't get away, but no, they yeah. don't kill well, him. Also, he's, he's like, almost like at that point he's defeated. Like, look, we beat you. Now we just gotta go take care of your son. Yeah. Um. Because right. then, like the rest of the he is declawed the rest of the movie. Well, um, I mean that's and that's just how I've grown up. Like. Oh, oh I, no, like I understand. That. But yeah. like, the, you want to watch Hitler get shot in the face? Yeah, I yeah. am. I'm <laughs> right. the guy who, if I could go back in time, no matter how much it would screw it up, I'd kill Hitler. Yeah. Um, the one thing in that film that I thought, I don't know if it took me out of it, but it really like, uh, kind of like made me have pause for like a moment is, um, it's the scene where um he's uh in the office, uh, first meeting Kenneth Branagh's character. And I don't know if it's just me, but it was just like, it, they just, there is no, there is no menace there. There's no suspense there. And I think that's mm. where it should be suspenseful because Kenneth Branagh eventually drops information. And I don't think that's Chris Pine's fault. I think it's Kenneth Branagh overacting. Like, I think he was trying to become a Bond villain from the 60s a little oh, bit. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, mm. it was painful because I know Kenneth Branagh is a good actor. If you watch My Week with Marilyn, even if you watch Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, he's yeah. good in it. No, he's a great actor. But well, I think when he's directing himself, he's, I think he's just... Uh, Hamlet. Uh, <laughs> okay, Shakespeare fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I'm, yeah, I, it's whatever. I that's just my personal opinion. But yeah. like, I, I liked it overall. Yeah, I think it's I, more that I, I, it felt to me more like the, what he was going for. I didn't entirely appreciate. Like it, it was exactly. It was like an old Bond villain. Yeah. Um, though some of those scenes, though, man, when he. Um, when when he gets the phone call and figures out that like she's been distracting him at the table and that long look where he yeah. stares at her, yeah. I that, loved that, that. Yeah, that was a good scene. I love like uh, you know, and it's it's stretched. No one else would have done that. Yeah. You know, no one else would have just been like, dude, I'm just gonna stare at this woman. <laughs> you know, like and I heard you giggling, and we both just like chuckled like little fucking kids. Like, well, 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 no. And he, he does it again when he gets in the van. When she's in the back of the van, he gets in the van, and the shot is even set up so there's the window in the back of the van, and he's like, he's like three inches from her, just staring at her. It looks like he's just and then he sits tonsil hockey. Is it's well, disturbing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He just yeah. Well, we were joking about though too is that we said um, basically. They had mentioned something about that character. They said he likes to, you know, basically sleep married women. Married yeah. wo- women. And then um, the the girl on the phone was like, "The situation is snowballing." And I was like, "Your wife is snowballing." And then, and then <laughs> oh, so we, I, we were all joking about that. Oh, that's you horrible. Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but it was just like there's different parts in that movie. I mean, I know there's it, it to me. I I thought for a minute, like I told you, it was going to go the Bitcoin route. <laughs> uh, the whole, economy, the whole be, economy, but yeah. it, it it was a good movie. But you know, definitely worth a rental. But let, internally, there's parts in it that made me yeah. made me laugh. Yeah, it doesn't like I, I don't know. It's it's a fun little like it's a fun little January movie. And I and I was telling Brad earlier this week. I don't think I I'm tired of this whole 
second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter thing. Like sometimes there's good movies in January. Yep. Sometimes, and this is a, a the fun best thing. January I've ever seen. Yeah, it's a good popcorn movie. Like yeah. at the end of the day, yeah. I love popcorn flicks, yeah. and this is yeah. a good popcorn flick. Yeah. It may not be the smartest one, but it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. So yeah. it's purpose. Like I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of teenagers. When it's seven dollars on Blu-ray, I'll probably get it. Yeah, I just never want to see Keira Knightley do an American accent again. Yeah. The only I'm not even sure that she's doing a bad job. My brain just can't process it. No, I don't think she's. I've I seen, think she sounded American. I've seen her. Yeah, I think that like for her voice, but I still heard her voice enough. Mm-hmm. Like, like Alice Eve when she goes from which I know is a weird cut, but there are videos online of her like at talk shows where she talks where she goes back and forth between the two and like two different people. Um, she like can do an, Yeah, it's weird. Well, because she she like grew up in California, mm. and so from peer pressure, she forced herself to not have a British accent. Mm. So now she can turn it on and off like a switch, and it's creepy. Um, but for some reason, I think it's just that Kira Knightley's voice. I still hear it, and my brain knows her voice so much that I just couldn't connect the two. I don't. I don't think it's that she's doing a bad job. It's that my brain. Uh, I'm not smart enough. She didn't talk with her jaw. No. She 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 does this. She, thing. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. She's like when she I don't know if she does maybe just to like it's her way, that's it's how her she smile. acts. But she yeah she talks with her jaw. Like she'll accentuate sentences with her jaw, and she didn't do that. I don't know. It threw me yeah. off. Watch watch Pirates again, and she yeah. like yeah exaggerates her jaw. And I don't even think her performance is that bad. I really think it's the script. I yeah. really think there's something in that it's script clunky. that just doesn't work yeah. with the dialogue. Yeah. Action sequences, great. The, that final sequence with uh, him like rolling the car and whatnot, the only thing that he didn't say that I wanted him to say was, I'm Jack Ryan, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I saw a movie by myself. Or, paperwork's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because he's a CIA and I enjoy it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, next week we're seeing I Frankenstein. Hell yeah, we are. <laughs> um, hopefully they will be the Hansel and Gretel of this year. Hell no, it won't. S- starring Two Face as uh, <laughs> Frankenstein <laughs> and Joe yeah. Courtney. Did I tell you last the week person? Oh yeah, I did. About, the, about when when I told my mom, tried to explain to my mom why I was excited <laughs> about it. She was like, "I don't even get it. Like, have they even seen Frankenstein? Do they know the story? <laughs> <laughs> they don't give a shit, mom. Your like, stories about your mother always entertain me and mm-hmm. make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, she's a nice. Hey, lady. thanks for stopping by again, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for yeah, having yeah. me. Bree, Zach Eastman. I'm yeah. Ryan. That's James. Bye. Yeah, I'm Brad. Goodbye. Bye. Oh yeah, I forget. <laughs> Brad did actually tell, give me a review, and it was better than expected, but not the best. So was like us, rental. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. Yeah. Bye. Cool. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. Ancient spirits of evil <laughs> transform this decayed form into Mumra, the ever-living. I want them to make a Thundercast movie. I keep just, just talking about the trailers they should do. Well, they don't need a movie, dude. You just do the voiceover for yeah. it. That was, that was silky just a smooth. Just screen and him just going yeah. like, and then Thundercats went to go. I love it. All right, we're going to go. I love it. Yeah, I I thought about all the actors. Well, they've done a lot of uh, fictional trailers they created on YouTube. Um, they had Brad Pitt as Lionel, and 
uh, Vin Diesel as Panthero. And uh, I don't know. any. They just mixed all this stuff together. You can see it's like some of the scenes are from Aliens. Because, the, the you know, the van, not the van, but the thing that they drive in. Sure. Yeah, yeah, It shows that vehicle. The, like and, ATV thing. Yeah, and it shows just different stuff from movies. But some He-Man stuff is in there. and You know, but I think if they really got together, they could do a, a decent Thundercats movie. Aren't they going to do Voltron? Whatever happened to that? I, uh, I feel like if they made Voltron work, then they could do all that other 80s. Yeah. It's in development hell right now. Yeah. From what yeah. I first believe from what I've well, last heard. With all these uh, anime movies, I want them to do two versions. I want them to do... Like kind of like Batman, you know how Batman has gotten more darker. I'd like to see yeah. actual, you know, movies where you serious know serious Thundercats. Yeah, like serious Thundercats, and even like Wolverine. You know, he's got blades on his hand, but he doesn't kill anybody. You know, and you don't see any arms get cut off. You know, oh, you didn't see the Wolverine. Oh, then. Well, I, I, I didn't see the I didn't see the most recent Wolverine. So yeah, I you're in for a fun yeah. treat. Okay. <laughs> That's my number six movie of the year. Yeah, yeah. Dude, oh, and right. I finally crazy. watched the uh, unrated cut. It's great. I love that he says fuck. Yeah. <laughs> How about I throw you out this fucking Good window? window. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the the, the uh, post credit sequence in that I was uh, with a friend of mine from high school, and she and I were kind of dating. I don't know exactly what was mm-hmm. going on, but I this is what broke any possibility of a future relationship is when Magneto popped up, mm. I giggled like a schoolgirl. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, it's a future past. It's a future past. <laughs> and this is like, th- gentlemen, this is why I have never been laid. <laughs> it's because I ruined everything. And she walked, at, when we're walking out, I was like, so what'd you think? Lexi, are you okay? What? Oh, yeah, no, it was, it was good. Mm. I could tell she was just immediately just shocked that I was doing that. Yeah. <laughs> No, my wife, when we see a superhero movie, and she says, like, eh. <laughs> like what I like. You're smarter. You do it under your breath. <laughs> no, I'll tell it to her face. I wish she liked the movie. Oh, hey, Laura. Like. How you doing? Good? So what you, what you think about She's that Gwen Stacy statue? I thought it was pretty hot. I was looking. Yeah. I was just, you know, you said I'm, so. I'm, was I'm it with worth you, it? But I'm always. Every time they do those statues, they look like. Is that when, is that when J. Scott Campbell? Yeah. Of course mm-hmm. it fucking is. It looks like it's J. Scott Campbell. Why, why do you J- hate J. Scott Campbell? It's like you and David O. Russell. No, that that statue <laughs> that statue oh, looks like we'll the mold for that statue is made out of his dried semen. That's what that like. Th- I it don't is know just about that. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's I think you're not, digging oh, a little deep so, in that one. No, no, no. It's like I mean, you may get dried semen on that statue, and, like, but it is not misogynistic. What are you talking about? It totally is. Oh, it totally is. You guys are so weird. How come? How come every like J. Scott Campbell's the only person who draws? She has clothes MJ and Gwen Stacy as having tits bigger than their heads. He's the only one who, like, they're, it's ridiculous. If you're yeah, going to... And you're smaller than their necks. If you're going to argue about, I saw like, people umbrella, who have tits bigger the, than their the heads in comic books, you and I have nothing yeah. to say to the each colors. other. No, no, see, I, that's, I don't even notice shit like that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Oh, right? I totally agree. Look, pervert, I, I, James. I'm, I'm not a pig, so <laughs> I'm just saying it's worth it. Oh, all right. Anyway, let's get this shit going. Okay, ready? 